fan. Hi, Paul. What's up, boys? How are you? What's going on in the neighborhood? What's up, Polly Wally? Hey. Nothing, man. I'm great. Hi, Polly Wally. Paul bought a scooter. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Why not a pogo stick? Did it break? I heard uh, on Bumper to Bumper the other day in the um, perceived always forward Bay Area, San Francisco, stuff like that, that pogo sticks are like usurping scooters, that people are learning to go forward on pogo sticks, and they're like using them on the streets and stuff. What? Like the last thing I would ever. That's no, the last I'd thing I freaking pogo stick. Yeah, no, I got a scooter. So I'd rather walk around in stilts. Does your scooter have a basket on the front like they do in like Target? Not Scoot- yet, scooter though. But I had to buy. Everybody's like, "Why don't you just use the ones in the streets?" I'm too heavy for those, so I had to buy a different one. Two hundred and twenty pound weight limit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is not like a rascal this is scooter, not, scooter, like an old person not scooter. Yet. No, that'll no, be, this oh, is a stand up scooter. Like stand up yeah. two wheel. But you scooter. just missed it at two twenty one. Yeah. So chance your chance your luck. No, as I said earlier, I'll use the same bit. The one that I bought, two sixty is the weight limit, so I lose thirty, <laughs> I can ride it. Uh yesterday we were talking about the Warriors the Raptors and yeah. gambling on it. Yeah. Uh hindsight's Sweet. twenty twenty. Yeah, Remember yesterday I said I would have taken Warriors and Money Line, right? Which would have been dead wrong. Big line move too, right up to the game. Sure. Hindsight though. Clay Thompson yeah. matters, right? And 100%. I think I don't play fantasy football, but people that do Yeah. I think almost always when somebody's truly 50-50, mm. they almost always gamble against that person, right? They say, yeah. I'm just going to set them because I don't want to gamble that that person doesn't play. Same. That was the uh, the, the misstep I had yesterday. Is yeah. Going big on the Warriors without having clarity on Clay was a big mistake. Now yeah. that we know Clay's playing game four, and it sounds like they're going to try to get Durant up and running by tomorrow. Yeah. The Raptors are minus 120 to win the series. Yeah. Golden State's even money. Wow. Who do you take and why the rest of the way? I, I can't pin myself to that answer right now until we get closer to game four. Now, you know, FICA, Fairness, and Corey Kovac, I did press you, you know, with, with unprompted to, like, make a radio-related decision. Mm-hmm. So you being crafty the way you uh, the way you are, I bet you had you been in the 702, you would not have played that game. I would not have, no. Right, right. Now, it you know, the Warriors opened five and a half. When we were discussing it yesterday, it was four and a half. It closed at two and a half. Mm. So the Sharps recognizing the importance of clay off what you're saying, I mean, with both fists came in on the Raptors, and they were right. Uh, From the the rest of the series standpoint, yeah, um, I probably would play the Warriors. At even money? At even money, yes. Yeah. Isn't gambling the best? It's it's fun to talk about. I mean, it's I told I told Nordo two weeks ago. He asked me <clears throat> he asked me why I wasn't texting him back on a nondescript Thursday about the Friday feast, and I said I drove to Diamond Joe's, and he said to shoot dice, and I said no, I'm just timing the ride <laughs> for when there's a baseball game at three o'clock that I have to hit nine to noon's over at eleven fifty five. I'm timing the ride just to make sure I get squared away in time and back for dinner. Did I read correctly? Because I think Illinois the other day, right, oh. gave the thumbs up to sports gambling as well. Mm-hmm. Didn't I read that like Wrigley Field is one of the spots that is applying for a license? Wow. Uh, you know, from a uh, from a Canterbury Park standpoint, this potentially is not great news for us because, I mean, if they're putting a bunch of slot machines and sports gambling in racetracks that legitimately are competing racetracks with us, that means their purses will ascend because we, over the years... 
uh, due to um, due to our purse structure ascending, we you know to a certain extent have kind of joined or passed Arlington Park, which is a really really sweet track, you know, for getting horses for the spring summer season. Now you know with this Illinois situation. Um, if if their purses grow go grow exponentially, then we potentially could lose horses. So this um you know the the this whole thing and just it, it's it's a very tricky talker. You know, I don't, do you have any guess as to when Minnesota will have sports gambling? Yeah, I mean I've if, said it from day one. We're going to be right in the middle of the pack, twenty fifth or twenty. Oh, you think so? So you don't think we're fifty of fifty? No, we're we are. Minnesota likes to. <laughs> Claim we're yeah. progressive, it's but we never area. want to be the leaders because yeah, we don't want to be the first with marijuana or yeah. prostitution yeah, or legalized you. sports gambling. Yeah. But we don't want to be last because then we're not we're not on the edge, right? Yeah. We're not progressive, so we're going to be right in the middle. Yeah, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. That's that's exactly where we're going to fall. So we have about fourteen, fifteen more states, and then it's us. Polly Wally, do you shoot dice? Uh, I do not. I do not. But you would, just like on a nondescript Wednesday, right? Sure. I so, mean, like, if, yeah. nine to noon's over. Yeah. Uh, you and I zip down to Diamond Joe's. You three, drive. Three o'clock Oakland Athletics game. Spot up on it. Shoot some dice. Ride your scooter around the uh, casino room floor. Cute. And then come back in, in time for dinner and you to uh, get point two zero at the loon. Yeah, it'd be great. I would love to do that. Sounds fun. Ben, I know you're not a big gambler, but when you do, what do you play? What's your uh, table well, game it's, of choice? It's blackjack. But the thing is, if... If sports gambling were legal in Minnesota, I would be all over the sports. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, that I wouldn't even play. I wouldn't play cards. I don't know. I just feel like there's there's more emotional investment yeah. watching a game, hanging hanging on every pitch, yeah. every shot, every score, every non-score, every penalty. Like I would be all in on that. No, so, no, you could bet crazy random soccer games from correct. Europe. Yes. In this state, yeah. that would be a dream come true. And we've been we've talked about this for so freaking long. And I'm with you. I think it's another year, eighteen months before they even start hearing in the legislative session. But let adults go make adult decisions with their cash. I would love to bet Italian league soccer on some random Tuesday yeah. right after the show and maybe make some money. Right. Uh, let adults live with their own decisions. I would like to make it illegal that an adult can buy a scooter, but Paul did it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I didn't stop him. That was his choice. Off what Nacho <laughs> Lieber said about the intrinsic emotional value of the sweat, you're very much into that, right? You know the emotion. The um, oh, you are really. No, it, that's I thought it. everything had to be calculated and steely and but percentages. And it is, but life's I better with money on the line. Soul. No, yeah, except for I'm sports. at the age though where I don't care about sports unless I have money on them. <laughs> I want to be impacted by the game. Then I care. Yeah. Right. I, you give me a, a random NBA game in yeah. October, November, December. No chance I'm watching. Almost no chance. Yeah. If I'm in Vegas, I am locked on for two and a half hours. Yeah. Every shot matters. Yeah. Way better. Uh, nine to noon is a sports radio show. Uh, we have nine segments that include Nacho Lieber in studio at uh, nine five five. That's I'll, awesome. I like the football array that I have for uh, Nacho today. Um, and right out of the gate, coming up momentarily, a a tiny chink in the Twins' magical armor. All came to fruition last night. It was a little bit of a perfect storm of negativity. It's not like big, wide-ranging negativity, but with the relief pitcher going to Chicago and then our relief pitchers giving up home runs, stupid rain delay, they lost the game. Uh, that uh, That's right out of the gate, 9 to noon. In the next five weeks, if you need a uh, segment killer in the abyss, uh, yeah. the World Series of Poker is not often discussed on the morning show because these two get right. suicidal. Yeah. If you uh, need a segment for told, two or three killed. My sources told me corner offices would prefer penis talk 
over poker yes, talk. Yes. Can you confirm or deny? Direct text from Greg yeah. Swedberg. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. He prefers it. But, but the same the same boss also doesn't think anybody cared about Game of Thrones. He thinks that's narrow casting. So you're saying said boss is overmatched? Well, said boss doesn't know what he's talking about. And when was the last time any of us listened to said boss? Jeez. Yesterday. Oh, I, I don't. Yesterday. You're at the point where you still listen to what he says? Absolutely. Come on, dude. Out of respect, man. It's two decades of equity. Respect. Come on. We respect. know what we're doing. Respect these teammates, man. This is 530 to noon. This isn't noon to 630. Respect these individuals and their opinions. Is your contract coming up? What are you getting I think at? so. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to get a guarantee on years three and four, and it's not going well. Okay. Uh, nine to noon starts, I don't know, right about now. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, but nine to noon. P A. Personal foul. Clipping. The game is over. Just listen. No! Just listen. Time for two more. The twins. Paul Allen. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. It's hit to deep left, headed to the bleachers. A little broken bat. One hopper to Lindor behind second. Gloves throws. Bogey! Brad Hand does it again. And the Indians rally late and beat the Twins again tonight by a final score of 9-7. to They hit some balls good after the, uh, you know, we sat around for a while in here. And, you know, always a little bit of an odd feeling with those uh, those long rain delays. But we got to come out and, you know, get the job done ultimately. And, uh, you know, tonight wasn't our night. 
season can't end like that. Up all night. It is 9 to noon. It is 9.09 to noon in the neighborhood at FM 100.3 KFAN. In the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios, we thank the wildly successful and highly touted Second to None Power Trip Morning Show for the spectacular lead-in to nine segments of Sports Frivolity. And a radio show today that includes your Minnesota Twins-related phone calls about 20 to 25 minutes from now. Because... 9 to noon with yours truly, Paul Allen. Good morning. And the master mixer mixer of that impeccable Boomtown Rats montage, Eric Nordquist, are wondering, are the Minnesota Twins... The season can't end like that! Are the Minnesota Twins facing their first patch of legitimate negativity all season? Oh, oh my gosh, Ain't no bandwagon jumping here. Messrs. St. Peter, Herman, and or Morse. Yours truly would still like the bandwagon constructed alphabetically. So I can be right up front with the B's. As in Baldelli. Alright, so there ain't no bandwagon jumping here. We simply are wondering with the way that that perfect storm of negativity developed last night. Is this the first patch of legitimate quasi-negativity within that power-laden red, white, and blue covenant? Hear me when I tell you this. Losers two in a row to Cleveland. Last night's fiasco was like a five-hour affair due to a rain delay of an hour and 43 minutes. Thus, up all night. Ooh, bullpen took L's. And you were watching it all night. The most devoted stayed up to watch Blake Parker allow two home runs and Tyler Duffy permit a moonshot to Francisco Lindor. We still have no answer for Francisco Lindor. Perhaps 9 to Noon needs to remind the constituents involved there was a time a pitcher actually intentionally walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded, <laughs> knowing he would give up a run, because that's how good and how hot B. Bonds was. That is the situation currently with Holta Holta, Francisco Lindor. So the most devoted, like Johnny the Mouse Mickelson, captain of the 83 YZ Club hockey team, and uh, King of the Roofs, Jimmy Knutson. By the way, don't know if he's out there, but he's devoted. Happy birthday to King of the Roofs, Jimmy Knutson. Oh, wow. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Happy birthday, Jimmy Knutson. Goes to all the games. Sweats all the scenarios. Positive as bleep. Parker and Duffy, by the way, are bullpen guys. The oft-discussed Craig Kimbrell, coveted bullpen guy... Landed with the Chicago Cubs last night. Come on. What's happening here? What's happening here? Well, I can tell you. We will discuss that scenario and more twins next segment. And then in the third segment, your phone calls will be unfurled. 
because there are some who legitimately need the therapeutic Davenport of love, even though this team is still... We're nine and a half games clear, right? Uh, should be nine and a half games up in the division. We're still nine and a hook clear in the division, and our bats are still on fire. All right? We lost, but we lost scoring like seven. All right? So there's plenty to discuss in the 9-3-5, including the oft-discussed Craig Kimbrell. That's all part of the uh, Timbertech set list, uh, which includes Nacho Libre in studio at 9.55. That's when we unfurl football for a couple of segments. And uh, Scott Korzanowski from Sundays with Corzo. He's a weekly staple. Thursdays, 9 to noon in studio. Happens to be in the neighborhood of 11 o'clock. Main man Cor- uh, Corzo, barrister trained. So fired up about Craig Kimbrell going to Chicago and the current state of the Minnesota Twins. He was texting me last night at 1245 in the morning about the direction of 9 to noon and Twins inclusion, please. I mean, Maine man is fired up about some stuff right now. So that transpires in the neighborhood of the 1055, thanks to TimberTech and TimberTech.com. The Kimbrel Crash. Kimbrel the Cub. Next. It's 9 to noon. The Twins. It's PA. What a pleasure it is to be on Hashtag Faith Radio with all of these believers this morning. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. Hey, what's going on? What you doing tonight? Well, why don't you come to Canterbury Park and say hello to yours truly, the racetrack announcer, because we debut Buck Night this evening at 6 o'clock. Get information at CanterburyPark.com. It's Buck Night, meaning admission and programs just a dollar each. We have one, two, and three dollar food specials that you will absolutely adore. And by the way, we have dramatically upgraded our culinary options all throughout the racetrack, specifically with that barbecue spot on floor two. So it's buck night tonight, which means beautiful night, live racing, you and all your super special friends get together and celebrate and have a good time. Buck night tonight at six o'clock Saturday, we are giving away 4,000 t-shirts to the first 4,000 adults to commemorate Belmont Stakes Day. That is Saturday at 1245. Get information on your favorite entertainment destination, Canterbury Park, via the website, canterburypark.com. KFAN Total Traffic. From the Holiday Station Stores Traffic Center, here's a look at the road. Stop and go traffic on Cedar Avenue, northbound 127th Street to Cliff Road. An accident's been moved to the right shoulder. Also heavy traffic eastbound 94, Olson Memorial Highway to 35W, westbound 694. Stop and go traffic Highway 120 to 35E. That's traffic on the fan. This report is sponsored by Sprint. Hey guys, see how you can get an unlimited plan with one of the newest phones included for one low price. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 to learn how you can switch to a Sprint Unlimited plan. You are listening to The Fan. Programming on The Fan brought to you in part by Quick Trip. Register for your shot to win a pair of three-day general admission tickets to Rock USA in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, July 18th through the 20th. KFAN.com keyword contest to enter Rock USA. Hold on to your butt. No way! And the pitch. 
And it's swung on, ripped to deep right. It's got a chance. Gone! Blake Parker's given up a pair of home runs, and the Indians are back on top. Eight to seven here in the seventh. Explain, please. What is a shame? Uh, it's a shame that post-weather delay mm-hmm. with the lead... So the game last night. The game last night that's was a indeed shame. a shame. Okay, that's a shame. Now, why I ask, please explain with this Elite Spinner song, what, uh, It's a Shame. Oh, Ray Richardson's listening from back in the day with Ray on a Sunday at KMOJ. This is 9 to noon. Horns, ba-da. The horn utilization in this song is terrific. All right. Why I ask is, what is a shame? Yeah. Is because I'm at the racetrack last night with uh, Mike Zimmer meeting his new horse, Gina Baby. Pie in the face. One that yours truly and uh, and Mike claimed with um, five other people and the... Uh, all, all earnings from Gina Baby. Hopefully there are earnings. She should race within the next 10 days. My percentage goes to the brain injury, uh, br- brain injury Minnesota, and Mike's goes to Mike Zimmer Foundation. Yeah. So this is a philanthropic charitable endeavor. Uh, Miss Marnie Gellner clipped on me a little bit early in the week via Twitter um, about a pie-in-the-face challenge to uh, heighten awareness for ALS. So we executed that last night, all available on the narrow casting leader if you are so inclined. So I, why I bring that up is because when the Twins were opening what should be an insurmountable lead and Craig Kimbrell was opting to go to Chicago, I was at a barn on the Canterbury Park backside petting a mare. Yes. And then you started texting me. And then I was looking at it like, uh-oh, the world is happening outside of my super special fishbowl. So then I get then I get back to the sinkhole, start writing you back, and sinkhole speculating, reading everything on Twitter and Rosenthal and, mm-hmm. and, and local contributions, main man Doogie on top of things as usual, texting with Lavelle about some sneaky potential of a fourth-year option for Craig Kimbrell in Chicago. That's like a team option, so it could be two and a half years, but it could be three and a half years. Bottom line, 9 to noon and Twins-loving fans put a lot of emotional wherewithal, really for for the most devoted over the last month, for us over the last week and change, uh, regarding Craig Kimbrell, the at one time elite relief pitcher for the Braves, Padres, most recently in the World Series with the Boston Red Sox. We were excited about the prospect of adding him to an already very good team. So when it got really hot, I opted to do what I do and make it steamy. Yeah. So so therefore, I chatted with people who I would consider to be in the know, shared at 9 to noon in background sharing-like fashion, in that there is that the Minnesota Twins are very much in on Craig Kimbrell. And as we shared 9 to noon in passing, the belief was they were very much in on him, specifically with a one-year 18-ish, could be up to $20 million deal. The two, we felt a two-year deal would work. And 9 to noon shared for about three days. We do not believe the Twins 
would bite on a three-year deal for Craig Kimbrell. So now the news breaks that main man who is needed here and will help the Cubs gets a three-year, 45-ish million-dollar deal. 43 to 45, yeah. From the Chicago Cubs, which really is two and a half years because we've already played April, May, and we're into June, and he probably won't pitch until late June or July. So that plays into this magical twin season taking a tiny hit last night. It's like for the first time in quite some time, the rabbit would not come out of the hat. Three and 43-ish for Kimbrell is the report. So now we guess. Was it too many years for the Twins? Did Kimbrell prefer the bright lights over the boondocks, the concrete over the cornfields, Wrigley more than Rocco? Did we consider offering three and 50 to secure his services? Mm. Because that probably would have. I absolutely, and I'm guessing, I'm not steamrolling here on this. I did not steamroll last night. I am guessing no. Now, assuming the no on a three-year whatever amount of cash for Kimbrell, because you do need him, and he would help you. Yeah. Under that assumption, that's where, when when we open the phone lines 10 minutes from now, that's where the opinions start to fly in. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I I can't say. Now, if I'm running that business with the way Kimbrell finished last year, 31 years of age, the way relief pitchers will fall off precipitously. When, When the fall starts with relievers, it can be precipitous. So I'm not going to change my tune off the last two or three days, and I think we're in lockstep on this, that if it was a three-year bit for Kimbrell, I I would not have done it. Yeah. Now, I'm also not running the team that, according to the Gleemans and those in the know of the world, prints money. I mean, makes a ton of money every year, where it's always easier for... Those throwing tomato cans talking in, into a microphone or fans who 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 don't run the business and it's not their money to say, well, if you're making X amount zillions a year and Kimbrel completely falls off somewhere in 2020 and you got to eat the final 15-ish to 18-ish because he's no good or he's not as good, just go ahead and eat it. That's That's... Very easy. That's markedly easier said than actually done when executing a business plan. Yeah, and and I saw a tweet. I think it's Dan Hayes who covers the Twins for The Athletic, and he noted that the Twins would have been open to potentially going two years, but not three. Yeah. So that's what Dan Hayes of The Athletic uh, reported, at least via social media. And I could buy that, and I would have been cool with that. And we, we are we are lockstep in the regard that we, I was always excited about the idea, and I don't know what the prorated, whatever the season amount would be to where the Twins in June pay him $15 million. Here we go, 2019, we're taking a swing. I would have given him 17 for two. I would have gone two and 35-ish. And, I, and, and possibly I would have been okay with that as well. There are too many, there are too many issues uh, or warts surrounding a guy that, by his own accord, he hasn't been signed into June. And I, I saw a report out there yeah. that the Twins had potentially offered something similar to that 3-40, to 3-43-ish 
really? prior to the season starting. Really? Back when we were trying to make memories down at Fort Myers. And we ended up with Blake Parker. But guess what? Things change. Markets change. Yeah. And that tells you a lot about that offer being turned down in March from a guy that was anticipating significantly more cash. Mm-hmm. And three months later, the best offer he got was something similar or even a bit less mm-hmm. from the Chicago Cubs. And there are worries about his performances late 2018. There are worries about the precipitous downfall that you're talking about. There are worries about fronting a bunch of cash for a guy that hasn't pitched the first three months of the season. There are a lot of worries there. So I'm not mad at the Twins on getting beat by that deal. And I think it you know goes back and... and a, a fair amount of the fan base is. Fan base is pissed. Be, and and you, what, one part of that that I really, really respect is... If if Kimbrel gives you gave you exactly what you needed this year in what has been a magical season, yeah, and they need bullpen help and they need to make a trade now and and commit assets for bullpen help. If he helps you to a level this year that gets you close to or past where you want to get, which could be the World Series, quite honestly. If he fell off in, in, in 2021, I don't care. Correct. So that that's the side of the three-year bid where I'm like, I can't worry about 2021. I know we got the guy who can help now, and there is a certain facet that does need to focus on now. Yeah. Because now is really, really good. And and the window the window for the Minnesota Twins is always going to be a shorter, more serendipitous type of window with things coming together at the right time than it could be for the Chicago Cubs yeah. who are constantly peeking right up at that luxury tax window and trying to stay underneath it. Mm-hmm. And so um I'm not I, I, I completely understand why fans will be mad because we have painted this picture of Best reliever on the market available, potential weak market end of July, don't have to give up assets, only cash for yep. Craig Kimbrell. And then last night, bullpen blows up. It's diseased, giving up home runs. Yep. And Kimbrell goes to the Cubs, which heightens the... <laughs> How perfect intrinsic- was that? It was a perfect storm of negativity. I mean, he goes to the Cubs, we bring two guys in, they give up three home runs, and we lose. Yeah. Uh, you can't. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's like Charlie Coyle scoring eight goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And now, and now we're even watching a stage where Pineda's had some struggles. Devin Smeltzer, God bless him, is going to come back to the pack. And Martin Perez has had two shaky starts in a row now. So now it's like, okay, we need some bullpen help. Uh, what's up with this? You know, are we starting to see some regression and pertains to a couple of guys we rely on to pitch the first six innings of the game? And now, rain delay into home runs and a complete uh, meltdown at Progressive. So I'm not mad at fans if they uh, if they're pissed that the the uh, that the Twins, excuse me, didn't take the big three year swing. Uh, but I I just think given everything we know about Craig Kimbrell, I completely understand why they were hesitant to do that, and I'm I'm okay with that. So now the A topic is to secure bullpen help, and they will have to part with assets. The next en vogue name you will hear frequently, is Edwin Diaz yep. of the New York Mets. It started a couple of weeks ago when there was some report that the Mets are willing to make Diaz and, and some other prominent names available. There are rumors that he is available, and they need bullpen help. Question, how many teams win the World Series who do not have an elite arm at the end? There are not many. No. 
and and I look back at it a little bit last night, back to the the Giants with Brian Wilson, um, you know, of course Mariano Rivera, uh, Craig Kimbrell, so on and so on. The the teams, the majority of teams who win the World Series have an elite arm at the end. Yep, and we do not have an elite arm at the end. Jose Barrios has an elite arm. He starts today, and if only for a day, the La Maquina nickname is El Tapone. That means the stopper in Spanish. He needs to silence the suddenly surging Indians with a brilliant performance. We have yet to lose three consecutive this year. Twins calls around the corner. 800-320-5326, 651-989-5326. The Kimbrel chase is over, and by all accounts, we lost. How do you feel about it? 800-320-5326, 651-989-5326. State of the Twins-related phone calls next. It's PA. Faith is uh, belief without proof. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. The Fan. Say something I'm giving up. I'll be the one if you want me to. Hashtag Faith Radio. Anywhere I would have followed you. Denny Pryor Lake, it's 9 to noon. Good morning and thank you for calling. Well, good morning to yourself. Say, I'm really happy we didn't get Kimball, and, I, and I'll tell you why. He's not an elite closer anymore. Three years is way too much, and we have better options. We can get, uh, besides Diaz, uh, San Francisco has a very poor, very poor farm team, and we have five players at the end of the year who are going to be left unprotected. Mm-hmm. One's yeah. Rake in, in the Florida. He's uh, Diaz. Yeah. Is is is, is San Fran- is the guy in San Francisco? Is his name Will Smith? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, I have all of his albums. <laughs> well, you know, we get some RJ and and Smith, and we're set to go. Okay, but the other side of it is now to attain them, you do have to part with assets, and yep. they're they're not going to part with Royce Lewis or the Kirilov cat. Um, nope. You know the two two of the top three within the covenant. So, I mean, yeah, I I trust Falvey and Levine, and really appreciate and respect the direction they have taken with this team for the most part. And and you know that includes some underrated hirings, like by the way, the manager, uh, the bench coach, the pitching coach, the hitting coach, stuff like that. So I guess we just sit back and wait, man. But now you got to give up something more than money, you know. Well, we do, but, you know, the beauty of it is that's why we made all those trades last year is to get assets. San Francisco has Panic playing second base. Uh, they would love to have Nick Gordon playing there. Right. Uh, Alex Gordon, I believe the name is. Uh, Alex Gordon, yeah. Uh, you're my man. See you later. Dusty in New Germany, good morning. Good morning, Paul Allen. How are you this morning? What's up, buddy? I am by no means an elite baseball mind. Uh, I was born in December of 91. Yeah. 
I hold on, hold, hold on quickly, series. hold on quickly. Nordo, yes. Covenant cleanup provided by. The name indeed is Nick Gordon, uh, the main man. Uh, Denny was right. Minor, yeah, the second baseman. Minor but. leaguer is Nick Gordon. I I freaked. Uh, anyway, uh, go ahead, Dusty. I, for the first time, basically in my entire life, I was looking forward to the season, and still am. I'm still positive on the season. I just, it doesn't surprise me that they didn't sign Kimbrel. It was money and no assets to be traded. I just wanted to voice my opinion on it doesn't really surprise me. I'm kind of disappointed, but at the same time, you know, your hashtag faith, and I have all the faith in the world that the team is going to make the playoffs this year, and I'm really hoping just for my sake that I can finally experience a winning baseball team. Thanks, bud. Uh, playoffs with... um. I mean, I guess Parker is the en vogue name, even though he was diseased last night. Gave up two home runs. Parker into Rodgers into Kimbrell. Parker into Kimbrell into Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it would have been sweet. How dreamy was that early this week, 9 to noon? It was awesome. We wanted him to join the team. Just maybe not under the pretenses of that money. Jack? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm with Nordo. Uh you know, we don't really need him. He lost a mile off his fastball this past offseason, hasn't played in six, seven, eight months. I also think, you know, the Yankees lost three in a row here. We also have to think about that, and the Strohs lost last night. So two in a row on the road. You know, we'll be fine. Keep the faith. Um, let's Jack, get Bumgarner. Jack, isn't isn't there a difference between we didn't need him and we didn't choose to attain him either because he didn't want to come here or we didn't offer three years? I think it's because we didn't offer three years. Yeah. I was at the bar last night, and uh, I was pretty pissed in the moment when I found out about it, and actually a Cubs fan was giving me some grief. But Happy. I think yeah, I, I think it is what it is. We moved forward with it. We didn't make the splash we wanted to, but we can continue to do that later in this year. But we did need him. I mean, I, I, yes. I, I'm not going yeah, to be foolish with this whole thing, with all due respect, and have a good wait. We did need him. I mean, absolutely, he, we needed him. I mean, you, you got last August, main man's earned run average was nearly five. And in looking at the game logs and recalling some postseason performances, specifically in a little ditty we call the World Series in the business, he, he, was, he was not as good as he had been in the past. And it looked like 30-year-old terrorism was catching up with him. Don't get me wrong. If it's one or eighteen and two and thirty-five, I'm in. Yes. Now, from a, a business running standpoint, you know, if they choose to look at it like he is heading the wrong way, and we don't want to stick this company, and and they are they are prognosticating that that's what people who run businesses do. We do not want to be stuck with the potential of owing somebody thirteen to seventeen million dollars for a year. Where he's not going to be as good as as we as we need him to be. You right. know? I'm not mad when somebody runs a business like that. No, it's. I mean, well, now they got to be right, though. <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing. And the thing with the Twins, and I keep bringing up the Royals because we are not the Cubs, and we we've always I, I've heard it just resonating through the fan base for years. Poll ads are cheap. Poll ads don't spend enough money. It's more about filling their own pockets than filling the stands and filling the trophy cases, that and the other thing. Ultimately, 
The TV deal at Fox Sports North probably isn't quite what it is in Chicago with the Cubs. Not even close. Uh, from a fan base, from a uh, national reach perspective, yeah. merchandise, fanfare, ratings, following, cash in the door, we can't compete with the Cubs on that level, which means when we make a decision on guys like Craig Kimbrell, mm-hmm. it's easier for the Cubs to be wrong at 3-45 and 45 than it is for the Twins to be wrong on Kimbrell at 3-45. and 45. So as much as I want the Twins to take a swing, and as much as we absolutely do need a guy like Kimbrell in this clubhouse, uh, they have to be right a higher percentage of the time, and I am not mad that they said three years too rich for our blood. If that was the case. If that was the case. Yeah, we're in the guessing covenant here. Um, be, be, we're, we're following reports. And 9 to noon off the steam achieved earlier in the week, never believed the Twins would be in on a three-year. As we shared the other day, we never believed the Twins would be in on three years for Craig Kimbrell, and we knew if it got into a bidding war, the Twins would, would there's there's a threshold where they would stop. So now, that's where you get into the, uncom- the uncomfortability covenant, where you have people who either have access to bottom lines or they, they've read things or whatever, and they're like, yeah, but this team is making, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, who knows? Say it's 80 to $140 million a year with TV deals, sure. revenue sharing, and the whole thing. And well, that's so easy to say when you are not running the business and you don't know what goes into running that business. And by the way, as a small token, and it may or may not mean anything, because I wanted Kimbrell. 18 months ago, we also wanted you, Darvish. Mm. And the Twins decided that they couldn't right. go to the sixth year and the $25 million or whatever it was for you, Darvish. That's an elite take. You, Darvish, made, I think, four or five starts last season for the Cubs. That was a bad beat for the Cubs. And he's got a five ERA in 2019 for the Cubs. So the last time that Theo went over the top on your Minnesota Twins, it didn't work out. We'll see what happens with Kimbrell. Wow. What a great baseball mind. Sam in St. Paul, good morning. Hey, how's it going, PA? What's up there, buddy? Um, I, I was just curious. Um, now that Kimbrel is off the table and the Twins have a history of not making big moves for other players, is there anyone you think we're going to aggressively pursue in any kind of sense like that? Make sure you listen to 9 to noon next week because I'm going to go steamrolling on that this weekend because I can tell you right now, I'm going to become bored with the, the with the one name on which everybody is going to lay Edwin Diaz by the end of the feast tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not telling you that I'm going to get constituents to to deliver the plan to me. I, I have too much respect for the work people put in in into scouting and and what they do and everything to just like blatantly ask questions. Hey, so just tell me who is it and when. Um, so I'm gonna try to feel my way around that this weekend. And uh, next week, 9 to noon, most likely on Monday, uh, hopefully I have some more names for you. Because at this stage, quite honestly, I'm I'm completely bored with the Bumgarner name. I, I really like Madison Bumgarner. I love his postseason performances. He's been around quite some time. May Man is sneaky as bleep. I mean, Madison Bumgarner, I've, I've been a fan all of his career. But, like, that's that's the only name on which people latch because that's – the name they see most on the narrow casting leader. Same with same with uh, with with Edwin Diaz. Two two good names. Maybe those are the only two names that executives know about now. That's why last week with Wobble, I just out of nowhere brought up the name Jacob Degrom 
I mean, it's an ex- extremely high, high-level name, which most likely is unattainable. But I was looking at the state of the Mets and and prognosticating where I think the Mets are going to go. And then I'm like, well, why don't you just call the Mets and see if DeGrom is available? So, I mean, hey, was it a dumb name? Probably. Was it a different name? Absolutely. And things like that, I think, are worth analyzing. Yeah. Devin, good morning. Morning, PA. How you doing? What's going on there, D? Hey, uh, wanted to, uh, I was going to bring up the uh, U Darvish take that uh, I believe Nordo had mentioned, uh, but uh, obviously I got beat to it. So rather than harp on needing, uh, harp on needing the, uh, the bullpen to, you know, make a trade to improve the bullpen or mm-hmm. I think, I don't remember if Keiko's still out there or, you know, those, those names that we're going to hear, I'm sure, ad nauseum. Do you think it's possible the Twins perhaps go the other way? shore up that fifth starter spot and uh and then maybe move some guys around into more of a reliever role. Thank you. Outside of the box take, who would it be? I don't need Pineda in the final three innings. I don't need Martin Perez in the final three innings. Right now, Oda Rizzi, Barrios, and Gibby. I'm super cool with that, not only for the rest of the season, but if that's my three into the postseason, that's my three. I mean Oda Rizzi is heading to the All-Star game and has an earned run average better than Justin Verlander. Don't know if it's going to last for, for the rest of the season, but we'll see. Gibson, uh, G- Gibson's been more than fine, and Barrios, for my money, is best of the bunch and is the one that I would want for the next 10 years. So the Dallas Keuchel name is in vogue uh, off, off the steam rolling early this week. I do believe the Twins are interested in Dallas Keuchel but I do not believe they are interested in his terms, you know, which could be two or three years for as much, if not more money, than Greg Kimbrell. It's probably a very similar situation. I, I think it is very similar. Now, that's when you get into the dichotomy of what goes into getting a starter ready to help you July, August, September, and maybe October compared to a bullpen guy who you hope throws 15 pitches but might have to throw 30. So now... You know, say it's Keiko. What goes into the mod the the mock spring training, the minor league stints to get him up to speed when it's proven he has lost velocity over, I believe, the last two years, and is very much a pitch to contact ground ball kind of pitcher. So that I mean, all all, all this stuff is being discussed. I would imagine by uh, by Twins management right now. Where the hell are you? Put up your window, my man. Are you are you like on the tarmac at the airport? Good God! No, I'm actually grinding a table right now at work. Um. Well, I mean, is there like a window or anything you can put up? Yeah, I can. No, there's not actually. Uh, well, just okay. Give your question in five seconds. Go. Um. What do you say? I don't know. Hey, Donald, next time That's... you call, do me a favor. Give Nordo your cell phone number, and when we open up a twin segment for phone calls, we'll call you. And then we'll, like, make you first in line and qualify you to be first in line when the Vikings start 6-0 and and post-montage, you, <laughs> you want to be first in line. That was awful call screening on the, uh, the intern's part. Holy cow. 
Uh, Nacho Lieber on some football around the corner. It's 9 to noon. It's PA. There are many, many positives I can get out of this game. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. I want it now. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Join St. Jude, friends and supporters for the Ben Lieber St. Jude Golf Celebration. It's a week from Monday, Monday, June 24th. Proceeds go to further the life-saving mission of St. Jude, finding cures, saving children. To learn more or to participate, go to KFAN.com, keyword St. Jude. Remember rapping Duke, the hard, the hard, you never thought the hip-hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight, time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner, remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner. Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri, Funk Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would, call a crib, same number, same hood, it's all good. Wow. And if you don't know, now you know. Wow. What a dream. Elite Football Mind Covenant underway, hour two, nine to noon presentation. Welcome back, 1001, Brian Heating and Cooling Studios, Paul Allen, producer Nordo, and Nacho Lieber, and his website, benlieber.com. Benlieber.com. Via Twitter, he is at Nacho Lieber. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I, I caught the tail end of something today. And, um, Fairness and Nine to Noon Act, I pre-show or pre-Nine to Noon did not get up to speed on it, and I wanted to, and I forgot. Some Laquan Treadwell steam or quotes or, like, I caught the wildly successful, highly touted with you Mm -hmm. talking about Treadwell. Mm -hmm. So can you, like, paraphrase or recap or... Like, like, what do 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 we need to put the producer on finding the exact quotes? Like, what's the deal? I don't think so. I, I think that I can paraphrase eloquently and accurately. So basically, so what hockey, happened? So hockey was reading a quote um, from him. I think I think Star Trip, and that's the thing. Don't quote me on the actual source of the paper, but it was something that he was reading online. Okay, and and the reporter asked him about the season and going forward with your mentality. And he said something along the lines of this is not a make or break year for me. Hmm. And he said that he's going to approach this year as if it's any other year. And that the, the fact that the Vikings did not renew or extend for the fifth year yeah. is of no consequence to him that he's just going to basically just kind of keep grinding and stay focused on that. Okay. Um, and then he said something like my, my what has changed into this year is like I'm more intentional mm. and I'm more intentional with my communication. He said that? Yes. Uh the the coaches know exactly where I'm coming from and I'm asking them to give me intentional feedback on what exactly they expect from me. That's very self aware of young Laquan. Is it? I think it is. I mean honestly in the early stages of his career, beginning with Norv through Shermer and DiFilippo, I, I don't think he ever would have done that. That's what I'm saying. I I I look at it as like okay, first first part of the comment. This is not a contract year for like this is basically the, uh, any other type of year. 
And I think that's a lack of self-awareness. Okay, so yes. th- that's a lack of understanding of what your plot is in the NFL. And well, no, you, that part. I'm, okay, yeah, so let's start with that one. Yeah. So that one, that first comment, I almost lost it on it. I said, I can't even believe that yeah. he's saying this. Now, maybe he's I trying agree to be, with you. Maybe he's trying to be antithetical to the cliches of, yep, I understand this is contract year and this is a big year for me. If you care about your job security going forward, whether it's with the Vikings or, or otherwise, you should care. Like this, this is the year where you try to find another gear where yeah. maybe you don't feel like you've you've quite pushed the, and found your ceiling yet. Well, this is if there's any other year, this is the year that you do that. And this is what everybody talks about going into their contract years. Contract year got to be big. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to got to you know got to really shine. So that first quote, I'm yeah. like, are you nuts? Like, tough, what are you not understanding here? Tough to find the ceiling when you live in the basement, man. I yeah. always love that one, if you know Agreed. what I mean. Now, the second part of it is, I think using the word intention seems smart, seems like he's self-aware. Yeah. If you haven't understood what the coaches have been wanting for you from you for the last three years, three-plus seasons, what are you missing here? Like, the from the way I understand it, when Zimmer sort of called him out during the course of the season and, and even told him what way back in the his second training camp, hey, you know, when you're when you're running stairs at ten o'clock at night in Mankato, that that's not working smart. Like okay, that shows that you care, but when it doesn't translate to the next day in practice or the next few days in practice, yeah. it's all for nothing. It's all just it's all just show. You know, I feel like even the even in the public comments have been made, it's pretty damn obvious and been intentional about what you need to do to be a better player. Yeah. And to now say, like, okay, going into year four in a contract year. Let me stop you. What do you think needs to be done to become a better player? Because I don't think it's super obvious because I don't think well, well what's your answer? Like like for Laquan, like if you said it's obvious what it needs to be done to become a better player. I don't think it's obvious. What what is it? Well, I think he's got to be more sure-handed. He has to make sure that the coaches know that they can trust him, put him on the field, and he's going to catch the ball. And I don't care if it's a I don't care if it's a five yard slant and the ball's coming ninety miles an hour. You got to catch it. I got mean, you. The, the other receivers do. Yeah. Um, so you've at, you have to make those catches. Yep. You have to show up on third down because guess what? Right now you're pigeonholing yourself as a possession type receiver. Mm-hmm. You have not shown the separation to get off the line. You have not shown the separation to get down the field. Yeah. And you have not shown any sort of uh run after catch that's requisite of way better than the 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 guys beneath you. Yeah. So that being said, if you are a possession type receiver, you have to make those possession type catches. I got you. Now number two, if you really want to push yourself, be that guy that can get separation off the line. Yeah. If if it's quickness you lack, then find a way. You know that's that's a mantra I think everybody has got has got to do in anything that they do is everybody has weaknesses, so recognize what those weaknesses are and then find a way to compensate for those things. Yeah. And if if quickness, if short area quickness is not your strength, mm-hmm. well, f- watch film of other receivers that fit your type, right? And see how are they successful? How do they get off the jam? How do they create separation? And then after that. Run after catch. Damn. Did you got to catch the ball and you got to make some plays? That's good. So, my, I, I'm not even in the damn building, and I feel like the intentions yep. are pretty obvious. If if you will recall through the last couple of seasons specifically, and it's the number one thing that bugs me about Laquan, and it doesn't happen a lot, but he's the only one to whom it happens. 
Play clock's running down. You know, we're down at 11-10 or whatever. Quarterback's doing his thing. Well, if there's one guy that Thielen or the quarterback is going to point frantically, no, 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 here, here, here. Right. And then you see a guy last second move to a spot, it just gives the feel that main man doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Right. That can't happen, man. It just can't happen. It can't. And he's got a golden opportunity right now because he, and we've talked about this before um, several weeks ago, about where these rookies are compared to the veterans. And they have a great chance to make some waves because it is a new offense, sort of new eyeballs. Everybody sort of has a, a refresh and a, and a clean slate, so to speak. Yep. You know, some most of the vets, not really in that same vein, but but the field is, is very much um, on the same playing field, yeah. evened out. But that being said, for a guy like Laquan, he now has sort of a, a, a fresh start in a new offense, in an offense that moves laterally a little bit more, that maybe he can find a way to suit his skill sets within this offense. And isn't run blocking by receivers important in this offense? It, it, it very much is, okay, because a lot he, of stuff is backside hitters. And he's big and thick, mm-hmm. and that should be like his calling card, you know? It should be. Even but, though you can't really show it this time of the year because no. it lacks contact. But, I mean, not uh, calling cards the wrong way to put it, but that should be. When, when they line up in training camp and they start you know mixing it up to win spots, Yeah. Maybe he will jump out there and be like, wow, look at him on this backside block. He's unbelievably good. I still think that he could be, if they want to utilize him really well, I still think because he is not as fleet of foot and doesn't have breakaway speed from corners, I think his best his best way to stay in this league is to become more of that, not true H-back, but a bigger almost like an end man line of scrimmage that can block a little bit, mm-hmm. is a willing blocker, and can maybe find a mismatch going up against a linebacker as opposed to a, a yeah. nickel corner or a true corner or safety. Yeah. Um, if they can find those play sets for him, yeah. and if he adds a little bit more bulk and becomes a bigger type guy, I think that there's some play for him because he's not the short, quick guy, number three in the slot receiver. Yep. That's our guy, Chad Beebe, right now. Uh, he doesn't fit that body type. And he's not skilled enough on the outsides to win the press one-on-one matchup with with you know the either number one or the number two corner on the team. Yeah, the the off the way you laid that whole thing out. The the most self-aware, the smartest way Laquan could handle questions like that at this time of organized team activities, mandatory minicamp next week would be to say, "I'm fighting. I'm fighting for a job on this team." Yeah. And that's not what I've been told. That's what I feel. I'm fighting for an opportunity to stay with this team. And if it doesn't work here, I hope it works somewhere else. But that's my lot in life right now. I I am fighting for a spot on this team. I really like what Stefanski and Kubiak are doing. And I want to stay here. But I recognize I at one time was a first-round pick. I'm no longer that guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm treating every day at organized team activities like I'm a college free agent and I have to win my spot. Yeah. He says that, that splashes. I mean, that's like Peter King Monday morning quarterback stuff if he says that. He says that and I and I pull for him. Mm-hmm. He says that and in any sh- shape of way as you eloquently laid it out that if he just says 
I need to up my sense of urgency because of this is my situation and this is my reality. This is my individual reality, whether it's a perceived reality for myself or I or whether I've been told that this is this is my mentality going forward. It's like I have to be he's in desperation mode. I mean, truly he's in desperation mode. And he needs to sort of act like he's in de- desperation mode. Yeah. And for him to come out and say, like, nope, this is just I'm approaching this as like any other year, yep. not like a contract year. Tells me that he lacks that awareness that this is a desperation mode. I I believe he is in desperation mode too. I mean, it's you know when when I watch or I hear about offense and or wide receivers, Thielen is Thielen. Diggs, and we might get into this next segment. Diggs mm-hmm. not showing up for all the OTAs is probably not the most popular thing ever in the history of TCO Thrones. But he'll be there for mini camp. He'll be there for training camp, preseason season. Diggs will be fine. Okay. After that, you know, I'm I'm going to bring it up to you. I mean, as of right now, Chad Beebe is the punt returner. Okay. Now Chad Beebe is wide receiver number three ish, mm-hmm. but he's also amplifying things by being a punt returner. So that gives him a great chance to get in. And then we were starting to hear about the long haired kid from Denver. Uh, Jordan Taylor, I believe the name is, um, and then the kids, Ola B.C. Johnson and Dylan Mitchell, and we hear a fair amount about them. And, oh, by the way, two weeks ago, Jeff Bidette blew up. Mm-hmm. So we're hearing positive things about a lot of people, but we're never really hearing anything about Laquan, which, which, which in my opinion, is not good for Laquan. Uh, more football with Nacho Lieber after this. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival? Now, text the nationwide keyword WAGER to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's WAGER to 200 The fan. Hey, there's still some time here. And it's supposed to be gorgeous on Saturday. So register today for the Walk for Wishes. It's powered by Warner Stellion. Walk for Wishes happens this Saturday, June 8th, at Minnehaha Regional Park in Minneapolis. The point of it, of course, walk and run together to raise funds for Make-A-Wish Minnesota and children in Minnesota who are facing critical illnesses. You can find all the details, kfan.com. Register today. Ben Lieber in studio, 1020, Corzo, the Corzo Covenant with Scott Korzanowski about uh, 40 minutes from now. Uh, Scott of Sundays with uh, Corzo. A weekly staple, 9 to noon on Thursdays, and uh, he wants to talk about the Minnesota Twins, the NBA Finals, and more. Uh, that is the Plan 11. The Plan 1020 is Nacho Lieber in studio, sideline analyst for the Minnesota Vikings radio network, so somebody um, who is very familiar with Minnesota Vikings chief operating officer Kevin Warren, who is leaving the team in September uh, to become commissioner of the Big Ten. He is the commissioner of the Big Ten now. But Jim Delaney is going to hold on to that job for quite some time. Then the the segue takes place in September, and uh, Kevin Warren is leaving the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, when you when you first heard that, what uh, what hit you? Uh, shock. Um, I, I feel like typically these things are leaked a little bit beforehand about their who they're interviewing, and 
I feel like nothing is private within the NFL when it comes to stuff like this, and especially big-time college football. And so I was shocked. Um, I, I think it's definitely um, warranted that he would be he'd be looked at as a guy, and and I think they I think it's a home run. I, I think it's a grand slam for the Big Ten to have Kevin Warren. So he's super qualified. Uh, a great leader, very well respected, very well connected. Yeah, you know, y- you look at what he and that whole team did here. He's relentless. He is relentless, and and to get the stadium built, to do all the stuff at, at Vikings Lakes and all all of that, the hotel and every all their buildouts, to have his hand in the NFL world, to have his hand in local business, also in local legislative le- legislation politicians and able to reach across many many aisles in various sectors i think is is what is going to make him a great commissioner he's going to be fantastic now with uh, you know a thousand times more about college football than i'll ever know so like as big 10 commissioner let's just focus from a college football standpoint like what kind of an impact can you make in a short amount of time I mean, because you got Big Ten Network. I mean, that that was a massive Jim Delaney production. Now, ruffled feathers within the state of hockey, you know, with the Golden Gophers hockey team going from the WCHA with the, the St. Cloud and Duluth and Mankato and North Dakota rivalries that had been immortality. You know, and, and, and early in that run... They're playing Big Ten schools, and ain't nobody watching a Penn State hockey game. Mm-hmm. Or people don't care about Gophers versus Ohio State. Now, but from a revenue standpoint, from what I understand, it really helps. So bottom line business, that's kind of a Delaney-related coup. So that was a big Big Ten thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what can a commissioner of a Power Five conference do to splash? Well, it is all going to come down to money, and but what, but within that, I think that he's going to do a great job of doing it the right way, because look at what the what he's done with the Vikings outside of building out this this billion dollar company and, and making them a prominent face of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he's brought diversity in, yeah, um, of color, of race, um, you know, between uh, men and women. He's done a great job with that, and and I I think he he does it for the right reasons. I don't think he does it just because well we got to do this because it's a political hot hot uh, button topic. Agreed. Um, we're doing it because we're finding the best and the brightest wherever we can find them. Yeah. So I think internally they're they're and I don't know what Delaney's are. Maybe Delaney already did that within the Big Ten, and maybe it already is very, already is very progressive when it comes to their employment. Mm-hmm. But I think internally they're going to see a change and a shift of let's be leaders when it comes to how we find our workers, how we find our workforce, and what we can do, and kind of be a microcosm and an example of this is a male-driven world, and and I think we have our stereotypes when it comes to sports and what and who's allowed to even talk about sports and cover sports and and work within sport. I think that he's going to do a great job of of being the leader within the within the Power Five conferences, and then trickle down into the, the Group of Five and everybody else. That they're going to lead the way in that in that area. Then, when it comes to to money, uh, like I said, he's going to do everything that he can to I think build out not just not just get the Big Ten on par with the SEC when it comes to respect top to bottom when it comes to football, but I think he also understands for the Big Ten network to work, and that's where all, all, that's where everybody's getting these big contracts. I mean, ESPN put in a ton of money with the SEC. 
Um, you know, the ACC's got you know all all of their money. Uh, Texas has their own network. SEC Pac- network. Pac-12 has their own network. Um, so he's going to position the Big Ten not to be just a football basketball deal. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to see that there's an importance to hockey, yeah. building up the women's sports as well, volleyball being because there's there's some perennial powers of volleyball within the Big Ten. If he can highlight some of those, all of a sudden now the attraction to have the Big Ten network as as part of your channel lineup yeah. becomes even more important. And it's not just with football and basketball. I think there's he's gonna he's gonna branch out, find other ways to elevate those sports, bring in more revenue, and all of a sudden now everybody wins within the conference. One thing I really appreciate, one of many things I really appreciate about Kevin, uh, you know, having worked with him as long as I have, and 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 just knowing things about Kevin's approach, not only with the way things are handled positively, but the way things internally that potentially are negative, the way the way some of these things are handled, but. More so with, with from a positive standpoint. I agree with you where, you know, you can look at it like nickels and dimes or five and ten dollar bills. Okay, let's amplify women's hockey or volleyball or lacrosse or whatever here. That may be for the long haul nickels and dimes. And there may be ways to do it to heighten the exposure. One thing I really appreciate about Kevin, metaphorically speaking, is his ability with whatever the situation is, when he has a 21-0 lead, to make it 41-0. Mm. To, to take what is good, and it's like, this is working well, let's make it work historically great. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very intuitive, very meticulous, and and his communicative skills are second to none. So I think that there, there are some things that, that the Big Ten does that does okay and does well, that will immediately become, like you said, uh, as good as ACC, SEC, Pac-12, or whatever. So we'll see uh, We'll see what's down the road for him because I think Commissioner Goodell's contract is up in three years. And I have no idea what's next for Commissioner Goodell. But, I mean, when you're a chief operating officer and a vice president of legal affairs for football teams for a quarter century, and then you get commissioner cred in a Power 5 conference for three years, I... Personally, like when I when I heard this, first thing I thought was next step NFL commissioner, or or trying for it. Well, I, th- I think all all of those his resume now again the the three years that that Goodell has on his contract. Let's just say that's the three year window that he has to be commissioner of the Big Ten. It's all his performance within those three years of the Big Ten. Obviously, is going to be a huge metric when it comes to can he handle the job of of the commissioner of the NFL. But let's just say that he's successful in that like he's been successful in everything else he's done. Yeah. He has, from a resume standpoint, an amazing shot to get that job. Right. And then you throw, then you throw, and you have to do this, then you throw the race part into it, and it's like, listen, the NFL needs to become more progressive. Uh, they need to have a better look when it comes to to representation, and if they have an African American commissioner, mm-hmm. guess what? That's going to put him even higher on the list, and that's just reality. So, if he does a great job and kill it, just like I think he's going to kill it, the Big Ten, I would say he's the front runner. Because uh, because right now I, I don't have any other names in the, in my hopper as far as who's going to be eligible for that for the commissioner job. I'm not going to make him front runner, and and simply because there are there would be names 
Yes. Working at the NFL Yeah, now. within within the building already. And and I know one name top of the head, it's like the first thing I thought about when I crafted this talker for you, Aeneas Williams. Now, you played when, when Aeneas played. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I think you did. Yeah, Aeneas, did. Came, Aeneas came into the game in 98 with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably good, fast corner. Right. Um, and Aeneas, very well-spoken, very, very smart. See, he's in the covenant now. So, I mean, it's like, if, if you want to look at it from the angle you just took, I would look at it when, when my guys in the cornfields are establishing favorites for three years down the road. Aeneas Williams is like one name that popped out. And same with Troy Vincent. Troy, Troy, that's another great Troy name. Vincent has been... He's been working his way up within the NFL ranks for um, many, many years, and I think he may be vice president of operations or something like that uh, within the NFL. So he's yeah he's got a very high status. He understands how the how the internal game is played. He understands how the the political game is played. I just think that the one thing that that Kevin would have over both of those guys is is the legal crap. Yeah. You know, so much of. And and running a multi billion dollar multi- company, and and I think more importantly than, than anything, just like any head coach and just like any CEO of any company, how do you handle people? And think about who your employees are when you're the commissioner of the NFL. If you think about it from that sense, mm-hmm. you're talking thirty two. And I know that a lot of these teams, some of these teams, these newer teams, or or the new ownership, the new group of ownership is more of a conglomerate of owners as opposed to one owner. Yeah. But let's just take 32 of the most powerful and some of the richest people in the United States, um, and really looking at Shad Khan. I mean, you can say globally that you got to deal with those egos. You know, are would I trust Aeneas Williams or Troy Vincent um, versus Kevin Warren going into a room <laughs> with 32 owners of the NFL yeah. and commanding that room? And telling those guys, this is my direction, this is my vision, and I, I do, want, and I want you to believe in me. Yeah, I I would put Kevin yeah. on top of that list over those other two guys, and I don't know those two guys personally, but yeah. but having the uh, doing everything that he's done with the Vikings, um, being in the in the meat grinder when it comes to actual working in law and mm-hmm. understanding how politics work and understanding how contracts work. Handling a big thing like the CBA with Demora Smith, if he's still there in three years, I mean that's a big, big task. And TV contracts, all of that stuff, from a legal standpoint, he definitely would have the the acumen to handle that. Mini camp for the Vikings next week. Then they are done for five plus weeks. How excited are players right now? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's always it, it always is bittersweet because you really? you want this. You want this timeline to accelerate and just get here. Can we just please get through? Can we just please get through uh, mini camp and just get done? Mm-hmm. But then you want the clock to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, then you want that sweet period between the end of train end of mini camp mm. to the Fourth of July to just hover mm. in in existence. Yeah. You don't ever want that to change, but you know, inevitably. <laughs> You know, the sun goes down and the new day starts and that 4th of July comes and it goes and you try to enjoy it. And then the next thing that's on your list <laughs> is training camp. And that's that's, that's a, how it works. Yeah, that's a disheartening feeling. So you got two weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, is there not much working out, not much training? No. Well, in, in that two week to 10 day period. So yeah. I think a lot of guys will will take a slight step back okay. to let themselves really enjoy life up until 4th of July. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna pound you know a couple cases of beer or have or have some Douglas and Todd shameless plug mm-hmm. uh, and they'll 
and they'll have that on Fourth of July, knowing that crap. I got to get all this stuff out of my system. Mm. I got to be in peak performance when training camp comes. And so, right after the Fourth of July, they hit. They go right back to the gym. They go right back to the field and start doing work. Start cleaning out their body, and uh, and that's when the true work begins to get themselves ready. Ben Lieber, Thursdays nine to noon. Thank you very much. Thank you. BenLieber.com for more uh, information on what he does uh, off the microphone and outside of the fan, including speaking engagements. Second half of the presentation after this. It's PA. So I see Paul, and of course, sure. you know, my heart melts, and 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 everything, every, every other part of me melts. <laughs> Weekdays nine to noon on the fan, fan. Huh. Yeah, but well, I feel like uh, this should be Dak 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 Dak. Turn down for what? Okay. Ak Ak Dak 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 Dak. Dis Dat Lat. Emphasis Lat. Ten forty. Corzo in studio. Fifteen minutes from now. News Denord. News Denord brought to you by Canterbury's Card Casino. Poker, blackjack, table games all year round. And of course, live racing. You can watch Belmont at the track. Canterburypark.com for all event related details. Buck night tonight, six o'clock. Admission a dollar. Programs a dollar. Food and beverage, one, two, and three dollar specials. Beautiful night this evening. Yours truly calling the races. Uh, Brian Aragoni analyzing for profit from the uh, paddock. And uh, don't forget to pick up Kevin Gorg's power play tip sheet. I think the bad boy's only $2. It is. Uh, green sheets prominently placed uh, at both entrances. And uh, tomorrow, B.A. and Kevin Gorg will be in studio uh, to assist 9 to noon with the Belmont Stakes and uh, mix in some Stanley Cup hockey for the Friday football feast. So uh, join us tonight for Buck Night. First Buck Night of the season, 6 o'clock, and they're racing. Number one. It was a tough night for the Minnesota Twins last night and maybe a tougher night for Minnesota Twins fans. As news is announced... Early stages of Twins and Cleveland at Progressive last evening that the Chicago Cubs acquired the services of Craig Kimbrell. Former Boston Red Sox reliever, World Series champion, Craig Kimbrell. Hasn't pitched, hasn't signed with a team, and uh, has just kind of been on the chill. For the majority of the 2019, Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports reporting that it's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of three and forty-three million, three and forty-five-ish million. Uh, good for him, I suppose. Twins fans very disappointed that uh, they were unable to get Craig Kimbrell into the covenant. Now, rain delay ends. Twins have a lead. It was uh, a perfect storm of events as Craig Kimbrell. We wanted help in the bullpen. Well, meanwhile, the Twins' bullpen is offering up stuff like this. And the pitch. And it's swung on, ripped to deep right. It's got a chance. Gone! Blake Parker's given up a pair of home runs, and the Indians are back on top. 8-7 to seven here in the 7th. That courtesy of WTAM, Cleveland Indians Radio. 
You score seven runs in a game, you feel like you have a good shot at winning most of those games. Same. And uh, Blake Parker, two home runs. And then Tyler Duffy, I believe, conceded another blast. That yeah. makes it 9-7 the final. And Duffy gave up his to Lindor, I mean, who is absolutely obliterating us. He's torching the Minnesota Twins. And uh, the Twins lose two straight for just the fourth time all season. Now, the good news is, for those hyperventilating on a Thursday, they do have a nine-and-a-half game lead in the division. And the other good news is is that Jose Barrios is on the mound tonight. It El is Tapone. Barrios v. Bauer. El Tapone as in the stopper. Uh-huh. The machine is a stopper. El Tapone. Hota, hota. <laughs> it's first pitch just after 6 p.m. this evening, and then it is off to Detroit. Uh, Dallas Keuchel still out there, PA. Dallas Keuchel yep. might shave his beard and uh, join the Bronx Bombers in New York with uh, the he Yankees. Will. He will. But uh, concrete but, over cornfields. But it's uh, Kimbrell L. Dallas Keuchel W. Who knows? Feels like it's a similar situation where the Twins aren't going to go three years and twenty apiece. Mm-hmm. But all the same, he's still available for the Minnesota Twins, and we still have faith in our favorite baseball team to move on and continue winning games in the AL Central. Scott Korzenowski is barrister trained. Uh, his opinions matter in the Love Covenant. He also has an 8 to 9 in the morning show each and every Sunday. FM 100.3 KFAN, very popular show. Uh, we uh, we are going to go deep diving on the Twins with Corzo about 15 minutes from now because he's all wound up. Uh, very much polling for Jose Barrios this evening. He does take on Trevor Bauer. So yes. You know, nine, 9 to noon being football trained, we we take a peek at these things from a hardcore competitive standpoint. And, you know, for June baseball, there's not not even not even Pollyanna Allen is going early in the week was going to lay it out. This will this will have a playoff feel to it this week, this week, because if it doesn't for Cleveland and Cleveland loses two of three or gets swept and then the Yankees come to town. I, I'm, I ain't kidding you, man. The, the whole thing could be over from a division standpoint for Cleveland by the 4th of July. Yeah. So props to uh, Mr. Francona, uh, who is getting the most run out of his team. Uh, specifically, uh, the lineup where, what they score first game? Five? So it was five, yeah. I mean, they're, they're averaging seven runs a game <laughs> against uh, against our team. Ooh. And, and these Indians, man, were one of the poorest P-O-R-O-U-S hitting teams in Major League Baseball into the series. Yeah. Now, Lindor's the bomb. You can have Jose Ramirez, even though he'll probably bounce back. He had a couple singles yesterday that were important in the fray. They're seven, eight, and nine bits. I'm not going to go AG on it to, like, be editor-in-chief baseball prospectus and look at everybody's consistent seven, eight, nine. If there's a worse seven, eight, nine in Major (laughs) League Baseball... Then the Indians trot out there. Then somebody have to prove it to me. Uh, but they're responding. They are responding like a desperate team. Yes. And we had opportunities to win last night. Uh, like Nordo said, man, we scored seven runs. You score seven runs, you got to be a ninety-one percent winner, right? So perfect storm of negativity last night. A a minor chink in the magical armor that makes up the twenty nineteen Minnesota Twins. They blow a lead. There's an L for a rain delay, so we all get bored. Then Craig Kimbrell signs with the Cubs. Parker <laughs> and Duffy come in and give up three home runs. But you can't make it up. No, it's I mean, it's, it's like, it's like you know, well, we like Donato, and, and, and Charlie was very likable. Yeah. You know, best of luck to Charlie, but he's Charlie. I mean, he's not going to go over the top with anything 
splashy or unbelievable until we watch him score every freaking game yeah. in the Stanley Cup playoffs and or the final. So it's just, just it. You you can't make up that storm last night. Corzo on the Twins, 15 minutes from there. Uh, Trevor Bauer, the team has lost five of his last six starts. Let's make it six or seven this evening. Come on, beat up on Bauer. Number two. El Tapone. Uh, speaking of the stopper, the Raptors smacked the Warriors in the mouth last night, and they absolutely needed to because late stages leading up to game, four and a half, five-point spread in the game, Warriors favored at Oracle. Raptors taking social media photos. Apparently, it's the wrong bridge. Fan base and Rubes and the Snarkies uh, getting opinionated and uh, and sarcastic about it. What? Uh, Clay? Yeah, they posted a picture on so on Twitter yesterday. It was like the Raptors. They photoshopped their <laughs> team on, I believe, the wrong bridge. The Bay Bridge. Yeah, it may have been the wrong bridge. Okay. And so there was basically just a bunch of Google Maps experts showing them that they were five hours away from yeah. Oracle. Guys, actually, that's the San Mateo Bridge. It attaches Foster City to the East Bay. It's, yeah. it's not the Golden Gate Bridge, though. Uh, but at any rate, without Clay Thompson last night, without Kayvon Looney last night, and without Kevin Durant, a seriously undermanned Warriors bunch, uh, we're outclassed by the Raptors, 123-109. Curry, Steph Curry takes 31 shots, scored 47. Uh, clearly, Sean Livingston and Boogie Cousins with his one of seven from the floor, not going to do it. Yeah. So game four, though, good news on the Warriors' front is they believe they'll have both Clay and Durant yeah. in the mix uh, for game four around the corner. Let me uh, let me hit you with the same question um, Bika, Fairness, and Corey Kovac hit me with earlier. Yeah. Okay, it's it now... 2-1 Raptors. They have stolen home ice advantage. I believe they are favorites now to win the series. Minus 120. Warriors plus 100. What do you do? Uh, you bet on the Warriors. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, if if Diamond Joes were open, it. I mean, I got race calling duties this evening at 6 <laughs> o'clock, so it's tight. Yeah. Probably need to be there at 4.30 so Mouse doesn't get mad. Well, I'll pre-record the rap so we got an extra minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, if we had known that last night or like this morning, it may have been pre-recorded final segment. Talking about food and shirt size. Yes. Cut North Memorial right at 8.45 this morning. <laughs> Diamond Joe's back. Uh, you at the parking ride. Yep. Me at And the Racing. And all bets are settled. <laughs> I can't wait for Diamond Joe's to flop open that sports book. Yeah. That's sweet. But game four should be in the mix with Clay and Durant. Feels like Raptor, or excuse me, Warriors can handle themselves at home. Let's move on to the NHL. Number three. Let's skate on over to the NHL. As game five is tonight, you'll get to hear it on the fan. It's a 7 p.m. start, and it's in Boston. The Bruins minus 155 favorites. Five and a half is the total. But it's uh, it's Chara watch. So Chara yeah. was a full participant in practice today. Blues win tonight. As was fellow Bruins defenseman. And I'm going to butcher this name, so calm down, state of hockey. I right. think it's Matt Grelchik. Is uh, a fellow defenseman that had been in concussion protocol. Yeah. He was a full morning skate participant today. Okay. But uh, no news. They're staying very mum on whether Zidane Chara will indeed uh, be in the game tonight with the broken jaw. Series is tied at two. You feel like Blues win tonight. Yeah, Blues win tonight and the next one, and I don't have to give you $50, but uh. Gorg and Tennessee do. Come on, man. Damn it. That's the right thing to root for out, out of the friendship covenant. Root for a tie. Well, with me, because you still get $100. I mean, you would win. Well, the, I'll win 50 
because we'll split. I'll get 50 from Tenna, per oh, se, wait. and you'd get 50 from Gore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's a $100 L oh, for me. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, for you, go Bruins, because then you'd scoop 150. I mean, after... after Blue, Blues win tonight. After not betting in the Preakness, will you let me have the $100, please? Yeah, I can't wait for the 11 o'clock hour tomorrow when, yeah. when Gorg and Baby B are in studio. Because we get to go over your metaphoric triple crown, where you pick the winner of the Derby, and he was disqualified. Yep. You pick the winner of the Preakness, didn't bet on him, cost you 4000 four days in front of being stuck cash to go to Las Vegas, and now we have the Belmont Stakes, <laughs> where there's some disaster looming su- Saturday. And you're going to be on the wrong end of said disaster. Well, the disaster is is that this will be the time that I go full boat exotic oh. betting. Wait a second. And just get smoked. Hold on. Hold on. Um, what's 365 times 5? Uh, that would two. be 1,500. That's 30. That's 32. 15. So it's 1,825. Yes. Plus 21. 6, 4, 8. Hey. <laughs> I, you know what? 1,846 day anniversaries. <laughs> I'll understand if five years oh. and three weeks into marital bliss, if I don't get a text or a call Saturday. <laughs> why Why did he text or call me? It cost you four grand. <laughs> but I was celebrating my 1,846 day anniversary. Come on. That's oh, so special. Oh. oh, my God, is that special? Oh. Oh, love is bliss. Four grand. Number four. Could have been nine. I wonder if four grand means as much to me as it was forty-seven sixty. Yeah, forty-seven sixty. I wonder if forty-seven hundred means as much to the Nordo household mm-hmm. as five hundred twenty thousand dollars would mean to Le'Veon Bell. What do I look like, Uncle Jimmy? Uh, this out of Hollywood, Florida. Authorities said two female acquaintances of Le'Veon Bell vanished with more than half a million dollars in jewelry. From his Florida out. Oh Le'Veon had two girls at his house and went to practice? Well, here's what he did. His Hollywood police said Bell returned from the gym. So he went to the gym. And he left two girls. How well does he know them? Had a couple of gals over. He's like, uh, you two feel free to sleep yeah. in. Alarm clock off. This is prison capital stuff from Surviving Escobar. I gotta go work out. And he found the women gone and his jewelry missing. Uh, Bell said the items in his closet were in disarray and all his jewelry gone, including two gold chains with diamonds. I'm sure the full names the uh, girls gave you were accurate. (laughs) What do we go with, Destiny and Champagne in this particular instance? Yeah, well, how how come they're not calling back, burner phones? (laughs) (laughs) This line is disconnected. Yeah, Uh, Two gold chains with diamonds, a black uh, panther pendant with black and white diamonds, and a Rolex watch combined value. Exceeding $520,000. That's on Le'Veon. Yes, it is. With all due respect. And I feel bad for I mean, the well, wait, el- how, well did, how well did he know them? I mean, does it say? Well, he referred to them as acquaintances. Oh, come on. Did he really? Yeah. So, okay. a couple of gals, you meet them. Yeah. What's happening? Want to yeah. go have some fun? You know, hey. I got a nice Florida pad. How come? Um, so, I wonder if the next evening, if he, like, went to Hooters and was like, hey, how come Lolita and Tangeray aren't working here anymore? Well, they just left with a combined 520 of yours. <laughs> uh, the L is on him, but I feel bad because you'd like to say, out of the kindness of his heart, he allowed them to sleep in while he went to the gym and they took advantage of it. Who knows? <laughs> Number five. He allowed them to sleep in. 
But are you assuming it was a rough night? I don't know. Acquaintances. Hey, maybe one of them's a three technique. One date soulmates. Yeah. I'm sure one of them is a three tech. <laughs> All three of those techniques, please. And lastly, the Lions signed Jermaine Curse, former Seahawks offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, now the OC with the Lions. Sneaky good signing here. Uh, gets uh, gets one of his old boys back. Yeah. Uh, I guess Curse, who turned 29 in February, one of the more disappointing years of his career when he had uh, 37 catches, 371 yards, and just one score with uh, with the Jets and yeah, Sam Darnold Jets. last year. Yeah. Now he's getting $1.35 million, 350 of it guaranteed. Uh, to return to the mix with a receiving core that's a little light when you think about it. I know they just added Danny Amendola to the equation and all that, yeah. uh, but uh, but they'll have uh, now Jermaine Curse with this, the with the Lions. Uh, this is Bevel absolutely telling Patricia and or Bob Quinn, I know him well, I know his smell, and I can get the most out of him. I know the position into which I want to put Jermaine Kurtz, Curse, and we will win, and it will work. So this, when you're signed at this time of the equation, yes, there is a prove-it part of the equation to it um, where, you know, may, maybe you're even favored to not make the squad when you're signed at this time of the equation. I think this is a sneaky good signing for the Detroit Lions. Curse, a Super Bowl winner with Daryl Bevel. Scott Korzanowski for the Corzo Covenant in studio. Uh, around the corner, we discussed the Twins, the NBA Finals. I uh, got some Timberwolves in the mix. And uh, maybe even some Jeopardy with the Corzo Covenant around the corner. It's 9 to noon. It's PA. You're exhausted from applying your lips to the buttocks of Pete Bursich. Weekdays, 9 to noon on The Fan. And. Could you put your back down? what this is. I don't know what it is, but it's funky as bleep. It's called Humpin' by the Gap Band. What? Damn. The Gap Band's the best, man. You know that. Good morning, Corzo. How how have I never heard this song? I don't know, man. I don't know. I gotta start listening to more Gap Band. I just I'm not in the elite Gap I'm in the elite R&B mind. I'm not in the elite Gap Band mind. In fact, last week, I referenced a song that goes, Strawberries, raspberries, all them good things. Violets and gumdrops, that's what you seem to mean to me. That was Cameo. It wasn't Gap Band. Pretty good. Corzo Covenant. You know, last night I took a little cruise in my little crappy pontoon by myself at sunset. My wife didn't want to go. And while I was You're out lawyer, there. You're a lawyer, right? While I was out there, you I listened, got a pontoon, right? I listened okay. to ACDC. Yeah, funny how that works. Listen to Kid Rock. I listen to Casey and the Sunshine Band. In other words, I'm, I've got an eclectic music. Yeah. I like it all. House on a Lake? House on a Lake? <laughs> did you get humping, bumping? No, but this will be added to the list, baby. No question. For dinner, did you have roasted ham? <laughs> you got me humping. Okay, so from You Got Me Humping, I guess the 1117 song needs to be Loose Booty by Sly and the Family Stone. Done. Loose Booty. We'll do it. That's funk. I mean, I'm so infrequently blown away by funk I have not heard 
Nordo got me. Yep. Pump it up. Pump it up. <laughs> uh, Corzo. Um, you were texting me at uh, twelve forty-five in the morning. Yeah, and and what an idiot! Okay. What an idiotic text! Uh, we got to talk about Blake Parker and Craig Kimbrell. No kidding, we do. But I thought I, I was just well, I was just, I was just uh, you know letting it out a little bit. Right. Well, that's fine. I mean that that's fine. It it it, it just indicates what's on your mind. You are. Right. How am I going to phrase this? Uh, Scott Korzenowski at K O R Z O S K O R Z O six zero via Twitter at S Corzo six zero via Twitter. Uh, it is uh, Sundays with Corzo eight to nine. Super popular, animated, and cool show. Make sure you listen to it. Are you mad? Are you frustrated? Like like, what has your sports loving blood? boiling at this moment. Well, I'm not mad that they didn't sign Craig Kimbrell because one one of the things I do when I in my life is I try to know what I know and understand what I don't know. Uh-huh. And I don't know if Craig Kimbrell's any good anymore. I have no idea. You know, I, I know that the Red Sox, I have a good friend of mine who's from uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and when the Wolves drafted Chris Dunn, he said, good luck. And he was a huge Providence fan. Didn't like Chris Dunn. Said the guy can't play. The guy's not a good offensive player. 100% correct. Okay. When I said the Twins are interested in Craig Kimbrell, he said the same. Good luck. He's a huge Red Sox fan. Yeah. So if the Red Sox fans got frustrated at the end of Craig Kimbrell's career with Craig Kimbrell, and they were in the meat grinder every year, then I'm not saying the Twins shouldn't have got him, but but I don't know that he's every... There's this perception among fans that the people that they don't have are way better than maybe they are. So I don't know if Craig Kimbrell was the answer or not. If he was the answer, which I don't know, then I would have given him whatever he wanted to get him. If he's not the answer, then I wouldn't have offered him anything. I mean, he, to me, it seems that the Twins' brain trust thought he was valuable to them. They'd made that determination, but only up to a price. I don't get that. If you want the guy, if this guy's going to be the missing link that might get you to the World Series, money shouldn't be an object. If he's not the guy, then don't get in the running for it. So. It appears to me that they thought, they kind of were tepid about it. They kind of went in in a lukewarm manner. I don't get that. So I kind of jokingly uh, tweeted that if you're going get to a, get a reliever, let's make sure the Twins get one that's actually really good, like Brad Hand is really good. I'm very impressed with Brad Hand. He comes in, you're thinking you got no chance with this guy. Now, would Cleveland trade him to the Twins within the division? No. Would the Twins have to give up some really good prospects to get him? Yes. Would they take it? I would. I would pursue that because he's really good. Now, as I want them to get somebody who's really good, even though the price might be pretty high, because the focus of the Twins now needs to be, let's go for it. This town hasn't won a professional male championship in 27 and a half years. Haven't been in the finals of any sport in 27 and a half years. Yeah. Of the, you know, Let's go for it. Let, I think the time is to try to find somebody that can help you and pay the price that's necessary to do it. Everybody hear that? Wow. What a great baseball mind. Now, a bit in that vein, I could kind of look at it similarly to how we have to view the Wilds' acquisitions and their trades during the regular season. Now that they have extra cap space this summer, how do they use it? How does the team come together? Because essentially what you're saying, Corzo, is go for it, write that check, which essentially means if the reports are accurate that they were willing to go two but not three, let's say that extra cash out of their pocket, win, lose, or draw, he's an L, he's a W, whatever, Maybe it's sixteen to seventeen million dollars that they would pay for that extra third year that they were unwilling to do. So now, how do you evaluate the seventeen million they weren't willing to spend versus the assets they're going to give up? And so, 
you know, you have to look, I think, maybe a month down the road, and whether it's the Diaz cat or somebody else versus who they have to unleash for that to happen, that's how you have to grade that, right? Well, you do. And it, but, but what I'm saying is, it, it was kind of when, when they were discussing Kirk Cousins. If you think he's the guy, and I actually heard Tony Dungy said this, if you think he's the guy, you pay him the money. He's quarterback. You pay him the money and figure it out later. You know, I think they were wrong that he was the guy, but but the Vikings thought he was, and he still might be. Okay, you know, I'm not the GM. We'll see what he does. If you think Kimbrel's the guy, then pay him the money. If you don't think he's the guy, then why were you in the sweepstakes to begin with? But that's kind of my point. I, I don't know if he's the guy at all. Right, I have no but idea. I don't. But uh, but Corzo, I don't think it has to be an all or nothing on this thing. Yeah, maybe and, not. And and I'm not one who sees others' reports. And if I if my information happens to be different from theirs. I don't try to embarrass people. I'm just going to lay it out as honestly as I can. I do not believe the Twins were interested in a two- or three-year deal with Craig Kimbrell. And there's a report that the Twins were willing to go to two. I'm not completely sure that's accurate. I absolutely believe if it was 1-18 and or 1-20, and they would have done it. So that that flies in, into the face of your A to Z bit where they didn't want to go three, probably didn't want to go two, but were willing to go one, and I understand that. So, but, but the way I'm perceiving what you're saying is if you want him, pay him and just do the three and, like, make it 50, which I didn't want to do. If Look, Falvey and Levine have done nothing but impress me so far, so I'm going to trust them. But if they – my point is, is more of a conceptual point. If you really view Craig Kimbrell as really good, and then he's going to he's going to be a key component to giving you the best chance to win the World Series, then I don't get cheap, okay? And but if you think you know what he's kind of okay, but he's not that great, well, offer him. Then, then why were you going after him to begin with? That's kind of my point. Yeah. I, I have no idea what Falvey and Levine thought of him. And like I said, I got you. I you know from what I don't, I'm no expert on Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm no expert. So yeah. I don't know whether he was worth one year, two years, three years. I, I'm just saying, if Falvey and Levine thought he was the missing piece, then they should have gotten him. And if they didn't think he was the missing piece, then why did they dip their toe? That's my question. Well, I, I do think we we can, in common thread fashion, concede's the wrong word, but I'll use it. I, I think we can definitely establish the point. They, they, they need bullpen help. Yeah, they do. I mean, do you think they need one or more than one guy, guys? I think they need one really good guy. Yeah, me too. I think they need one because I really like Blake Parker. You know, everyone's all over Blake Parker. Yeah. I mean, he had, he was eight for eight in save situations before last night. And, you know, he had a, he he was really bad when the weather was cold. Since the weather's been warm, he's been good. He's a good reliever. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the lefty, to Rogers, Rogers, really good reliever, right? Yeah. Uh, so they got two... Re- and I still have some hope for May. Yeah. And they have some other guys that, you know, this this Ryan Harper, he hardly ever gives up hits. You know, he came from nowhere. I think they've got some good bullpen arms. Their bullpen has been good this year. Okay, It wasn't last night. And it wasn't the other day in, in Tampa when they you know almost blew a 7-0 lead. But it's been good. You have to look at the full 60 games. They, they have an above-average bullpen with what they have. Mm-hmm. If you add a great, stop, a great reliever at the end, like the Cubs did when they added Araldis Chapman, that takes a good bullpen into... A playoff worthy bullpen, in my opinion. Nordo, can you um can you call up World Series champions and like find the Wikipedia bit sure. as, as I walk through this? Maybe you can help me. What am I looking for? Well, the he, here's Closers. the closer. Well, here's the point that I established earlier, and I went top of the head. I mean, Dodgers have won the World Series two consecutive years, right? 
Yep. Right? Two consecutive years. Not, not Dodgers, big. they've gone to the World Series. Yeah, okay. They haven't won one. Be- partly because their closure okay. has struggled in the World Series. It was right? Red Sox last year. Thank you. I'm sorry. Red Sox, Astros before that. Yep. The Astros won. Thank you very much. So the premise I'm establishing is I don't think teams winning the World Series are void of a legitimate big-time closer. I mean, I'm sure there are teams, but the majority of them, like the Red Sox, had well, Kimbrel. See, this one makes it weird. Is Kimbrel wasn't that good in the postseason right. and wasn't that good in the World Series, and they still won. Yeah, they still won one yeah. year before that. Astros, uh, Astros bullpen was really, really good. Who won it before that? The Cubs, uh, Cubs in 2016. Yeah, with a Chapman. And the guy they traded is some, yeah. some I don't remember the guy's name, but he's now raking for the Yankees. I yeah. mean, they gave up a lot, they gave up a great prospect for Araldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Is he still on their team? I don't even know. No, Yankees. Uh, okay, Yankees. So he went back to the Yankees. So they rented Araldis Chapman yeah. for one year, gave up a great prospect to do it, and I'm yeah. guessing none of those Cub fans want to give that back. Well, the, Because the, they won it for World Series. Who, who who won it in 2015? Ekstrom's team, the Royals? It was Royals with the Wade Davis. Wade that Davis. Bit, yeah. Wade Davis was the best closer Absolutely. in Major League Baseball yep. that year. And then, and then he, he cashed in. went to the Cubs, actually. Yeah, he cashed in and then kind of fell off. One point I heard you bring up earlier, especially about relievers, they do fall off the cliff quickly. Yeah. You know, there are some. That's why That's why when you look at uh, uh, Rivera or you look at Joe Nathan, till he had arm problems. Joe Nathan was very good into his mid-30s oh, yeah. till he had arm problems. Yeah. yeah he was really good. He, he didn't fall off till he had injuries. So before Ekstrom's team, was it Giants or Red Sox? I think it was Giants. It was Giants. It was they, Giants. They beat the Royals. Yeah. Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson was the bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Wilson was, again, you know, elite closer. Before that, it was the Red Sox. I can't remember who it was for the Red Sox at that point. Ooh, stretching me. There. And, and I think that you the- got Brian Wilson with the Giants in 2012. Um, Cardinals. Cardinals were a hodgepodge. But I think the point is, it's really nice or needed to have one. And and supposedly there are World Series aspirations here. And you know, I mean, and this isn't the situation when the Twins traded the catcher Ramos for who was that right-handed? Oh, Matt had, uh, Matt Caps. Matt Caps. You know, they were just. They were a borderline playoff team. They were trying. That was a bad trade. They were a border playoff. You know, trying to get in the playoffs. This is a team, and I see people on Twitter still don't believe in the Twins. Fine, the the Twins are are a legitimate World Series contender, but they need some pieces, and and yeah. and there's still plenty of time to add them. Why do you say legitimate? And 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 I'm not. I mean, I, I'm PA. I'm not trying to be DA Devil's Advocate here, but the. I mean, I think absolutely you have to put the Astros. And would. probably the Yankees and maybe the Red Sox. I agree. Ahead of the Twins, I would agree with that. So then, would that lead to the word legitimate? Yes, because and, and by the way, play in in World Series and or playoff games for teams scoring seven, eight, and nine a game. That doesn't happen in October. No, that's right. When but, when the pitching shrinks, the games shrink. Pitching's better. Weather's colder. Well, I, I think I think that one of the keys is you have to have three really good starters. And you know, I, I and you you know they they do have three you know. I don't necessarily trust all any of these three completely, but Barrios, Odorizzi, who's been spectacular, and uh, Gibson are three pretty good starters. Now, do they match up with some of the starters of those other teams? Maybe not necessarily, but they've got three good. You need three good starters. You don't need starting depth, and you need a good bullpen. Mm-hmm. And their offense is as good as anybody's. And one of the things that I like about the Twins' offense is they're they're solid. Not just one through nine. Yeah, they're solid like one through eleven. I mean, they they've got like eleven really good hitters, mm-hmm. and 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 so. It's unusual for any long stretch of time or even a short series like like a five- or seven-game playoff series, are you going to have a bunch of those guys slumping at the same time? And, yeah. and I think the Twins can hit good pitching. I mean, they've beaten some really good pitchers this year. Unlike, you know, you, 
you looked at the Twins in the 2000s, they could not beat good pitching. This team can. This is an incredible offense on this team, and I like their vibe. Uh, this is a really good team. They're number one in offense. They're number one in defense. They're third in pitching, or like seventh in pitching. I mean, they, they lead the league in run differential. I mean, this is a, this is a and they played sixty games. Yeah. So this is they they played more than a third of the season. This is a good team. Corzo conversation. Scott Korzanowski at S K. Uh, O-R-Z-O at S. Corzo, 6-0 via Twitter. Uh, the Corzo Covenant continues with uh, some conversation about the NBA Final Finals and uh, the NBA draft quickly approaching. Don't leave. It's PA. Time for two more. Weekdays, 9 to noon on The Fan. 9 to noon on The Fan. 9 to noon, hosted by Paul Allen. Weekdays, 9 to noon. Brought to you in part by Quick Trip. And register for your shot at a one-time mosquito prevention treatment for your entire property. And it's courtesy of our friends at Mosquito Shield. I use them. I love them. Ava and Stella in the yard. No mosquitoes or ticks. No problems. No melodramas. Get to KFAN.com to register. Make the keyword shield. A song called Loose Booty by Sly and the Family Stone. You called for it. You got it. NBA draft is approaching. Corzo Covenant, are you excited? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see what Rosas is going to do. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, we, we had talked about Drambui, whatever his name was, and Bol Bol. There's some other guys like that in this draft too. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I know what I know. I know what I don't know. I've never seen Bol Bol play. I've never seen Dambuya play. I'm going yeah. off what other people have seen. But you have the right take. I just have a sense that I'd like to see them do some big game yeah. hunting and try to yeah. try to get a Pascal Siakam or somebody who's later in the draft, a Draymond Green, somebody who's who's not really tabbed to be high in the draft, but they turn into a star. And Love it. I want to because you know you pick an eleventh. You know all the 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 people that are quote unquote sure bets are long gone. Probably yeah. after two picks in this draft, maybe after three, mm-hmm. which is not unusual in the NBA. But a lot of great players are available thereafter, which has been told many times. The Raptors. The highest draft pick on their team is Kawhi Leonard at 15. Yeah, they have, and after that they're all later than 20. Yeah, and they're 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 two games away from winning the NBA championship. There's a lot of good. They're hard to find, and the Timberwolves over the years haven't found many. And you know I'd like to see them find some. We've seen them blow the first four picks. It'd be nice to see them find a star at 11. So is there a cap from Kentucky named PJ Washington? Yes. Okay. So like that's. A familiar name, I think relatively steady college career, Mm -hmm. Kentucky. That's like, that's antithetical to what you're thinking, right? Could be. You know, again, I haven't seen Kentucky play enough to really know who P.J. Washington is. But one thing I will say, Kentucky players seem to overperform their draft position in the NBA draft. They they do. I mean, Cat, number one pick, I think he's better than we even thought he was. And he was number, you know. Anthony Davis, number one pick. I think he was better than than I thought he was. And Devin Booker, better than what I thought he was. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray, better than I thought he was. Yep. You know, Kentucky players seem to do very well in the NBA for a couple reasons. One, I think Calipari is really good at spotting talent, mm-hmm. and two, he prepares them for the NBA. So they're they're always a good pick if you're kind of not sure about it. Yeah. But but, but no, you're right. He's not this huge upside guy. Uh, there um, have been reports, I think, originated by the Athletic. 
that the Wolves may be in on Brooklyn-restricted free agent D'Angelo Russell. Uh, D'Angelo's season last year was, A, absolutely the best he's ever had. Yes. And, B, he's young enough to say his career trajectory is heading the right way. Yeah, I went I went and looked at D'Angelo Russell's stats. His first three years were identical, almost identical, when you look at win shares per 48, which is my go-to stat, or value over replacement player, to Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. He was dreadful. A lot of reasons. He was on the Lakers. One, when he was one and done, not uncommon to have a bad first year. Then they had that whole mess with, mess with the Lakers with Swaggy P and you know exposing that he was cheating on his girlfriend yep. Iggy Azalea. What, and then what, he gets what's traded. What's the win shares bet? Win shares is a stat that that I really trust. In win shares are your total win shares. Cat's always in the top four or five in the league at the end of the year. LeBron is always first. And if you if you take total win shares, win shares are accumulated. Okay, it's like points. And if you look at win shares, it's really the who's who of the NBA. It's a very valuable stat that I think does an outstanding job. If you yeah. to, if you take the, the the top three All NBA teams, they're all top twenty win share guys. Win yeah. shares is a very accurate stat of like how you what perform. their share in a win was. Yes. Okay. And then and then if you break it down to win shares per forty eight, now you're you're making up for maybe someone missed a week or two weeks of the season because yeah. they're not accumulating them. It's like points per game versus points. So I like win shares. So the first three years, D'Angelo Russell was basically wiggy. Last year, he was .097. You're a very solid starter at .10. So he became a very solid starter wow. in his first year. Wiggy, last year's win shares was like .014. Yeah. I mean, dreadful. Shouldn't even be playing. And he's gotten worse. So I'm intrigued by D'Angelo Russell because when he played for Ohio State, I saw him at the barn one time. And, yeah. and the first half, he just scorched the Gophers. Scored like 28 points, 25 points, 24 points, some amount. In the second half, Richard Pitino said... I'm not going to let D'Angelo Russell shoot anymore. So you know what D'Angelo Russell did in the second half? Had took like two shots, had like seven or eight assists, and Ohio State blew the Gophers out. I was I became very impressed with D'Angelo Russell that day. He had a good season last year. You know, is he going to be overpriced? I'm not sure that he's necessarily the answer. But the fact that that story got leaked when the Wolves have no cap space, yeah. Tells me there's something going on different over at uh, at Target Center. You know, he's got Assuming some plans. It's accurate. Yeah, but my guess is he leaked it somewhere. Yeah, that, that's that they're trying to get that they're in the running. Maybe he's just trying to do that to get excitement. And I'm not here to say whether that be good or not. But the fact that they have no cap space and they're being rumored to be yeah. involved in acquiring a pretty you know, good mid-level free agent yeah. tells me that Rosas has some things up his sleeve. Um, I'm going to go Brooklyn Nets hardcore on it for you for a second. Uh, the uh, because uh, with, with with D'Angelo Russell, there was a patch of games where they lost scorer Karis LeVert. In fact, he got yeah. hurt at Target Center. They lost him for quite some time, came back at the end of the year, was not the same guy. They also lost super sub, one of my favorite bench guys, Spencer Din, uh, Dinwiddie. Oh, he's a very good player. Yes, they lost both of them, and D'Angelo reaped the benefits but what really impressed me about him, because I like their center, Jared Allen. So, and plus, their games are on at 6 or 6.30, and Ian Eagle calls them, and I'm an Ian Eagle fan. Yep. So I fell into some of those games in the winter. Is D'Angelo was getting all the attention. He was getting the attention like Kawhi gets now, where they would start with a single, there would be a pick, and then two guys always would go on him. And he was still thriving yep. and still scoring. Really good on the break too last year. So, but that, but that's the bit. He's a restricted free agent. Yep. And quite honestly, unless there's some finagling here, we don't have requisite cash to call D'Angelo right. Russell. Right. I agree. I, I, yeah. The, the chances of well, what do you do? You know, I don't know what the, what the Wolves. 
there's a lot they have to do. You know, start with the draft. They got to get rid of Wiggins if they can. You know, we'll see what they can do. What if Rosas has a way to move Andrew Wiggins? Well, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you what. If I was GM, like I said, I've said this before. I would say I'm going to get rid of Andrew Wiggins, yeah. uh, Glenn, and it's it might be painful. I mean, I might have to give up a lot of assets to get yeah. rid of him, but then we can start. That's what that's what I would do. I don't know whether Rosas. So, like, you give up Wiggins next two first round picks. Get somebody. You get somebody with a with maybe a two year bad contract yeah. instead of a four year bad contract. No, yeah. it would be painful. Yeah, it would be painful. Yeah, but what about what about? I mean, if there is a way out of it, what? I mean, would would you be comfortable losing those first round picks? Well, I wouldn't want to, but I certainly I would give one of. I, I I'll tell you this: one guy they could trade him for, and I don't know that they they would or that it would even happen. Who, Wiggins? Yeah, I, there's there's guys out there that have worse contracts than Wiggins. Yeah, Only like a few. Or Parsons. But, well, yeah, well, I would take him because it's short. Is the worst contract out there now is, is Chris Paul. He's got like four years, like forty million a year. And he's Russell Westbrook's down. got four years, like forty million a year. Those are worse contracts. Really? Then you, th- you think Westbrook's deal is worse than Wiggins? Well, it's, I mean, it's a, just looking. It's more money devoted over. Now he's a much better player. He's a thousand times better. Yes, but he's still he's not a player that I right. would want on my roster. To yeah. be honest with you. But, See, Chris, the Chris Paul bid. I mean, it's, no, unless the injury. I mean, he was brutal in the playoffs yeah. at the end, and I don't know whether that's just an injury. And he's made a lot of money, right? Whether that's just an injury or whether it's a chronic injury. But mm-hmm. Chris Paul has never been a guy who's ever been in shape. In fact, I read a great story last year. Remember, he broke down in the playoffs last year because the Warriors knew it. The Warriors knew that he can't take a physical pounding. They didn't do anything cheap. They just ran plays yeah. for his guy Brilliant. constantly to Brilliant. wear him down and eventually pulled a hamstring and he was done. Yeah, well, they they better pull that rabbit out of that hat yeah. in this series. Uh, the Raptors were relentless last night. And when I was watching that game, and the Raptors went wire to wire. Yep, wire I mean, to wire. It was, and they're racing. Corzo was opened up by three, <laughs> leads by four at the top of the stretch, into the final furlong. Corzo is gone. Absolutely annihilated them. When I was watching it, I was just thinking, holy cow, if Durant leaves, which he probably will, and like, say, Clay Thompson gets blown away by some bit and he leaves, is this really what the Warriors are going to look like? It's over. It is. It's over. I mean, well, they'd have cash to bring somebody in. Yeah, they'd have to get somebody in. But like I said, if I were them, I'd get Jimmy Durant. Butler. In a lot of ways, was redundant. So when Durant isn't, that doesn't mean he's a horrible. He's just redundant. When he leaves, they were still very good. I yeah. think if Durant never played in this series, but Clay Thompson was healthy and Looney was healthy, and they yeah. had all their guys. Yeah, they miss Looney. I, I think they would. They. I was surprised they lost in Game One when they had all those guys. That's yeah. that. That really surprised me. I've been underselling the Raptors I forever. Think they got caught off guard. Yeah, but but they won Game Two. You know. Close, but they they won it, and I think they and and if they get if they get Clay back, and I don't know what Looney's situation is, but Looney is not he's out, he's out for the whole season. And Looney is a Series. guy not nearly the player Kevin Durant is, right? We can all acknowledge that. No, but, but he's long. But, but he brings something that nobody else on that roster brings. Yeah. He, he brings height and rebounding, and he can def- and the Raptors are yeah. big. So his the thing he brings is not redundant. Yeah, what he brings to that team is unique, and when they lose him. You you lose a lot. It, it was like when I used to look at the Vikings, and they they could afford last year when they lost Everson Griffin because they had so many good defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. But there are some positions if they lose Thielen or Diggs, there, there's no replacement there. Yeah. People lose that. If they lose Harrison Smith, they're in a lot. Sometimes of losing a player who's not as good like Looney can hurt your team more than losing a player who's way better like Durant because they can score, but Looney brings a unique quality. So if they get Clay back but no Looney, I think it's now fifty fifty. Now that now that Looney's out, I think Looney was was really an important factor against yeah. the Raptors. Yeah, 
do you think you're suffering from prisoner of the moment terrorism? Because if they if they get Clay and Kevin back and a home game, uh, no, no, I think if they get now if Looney's out, I think getting Kevin back makes a big difference because he's big. Yeah, he can take some of that, and he's a great player. So no, if they get just Clay back. Now, with Looney out, I think they might need KD, too. And if they get KD and Clay back, then I still am with the Warriors. If they get Clay back, I think I'm still with the Warriors. But it's close. Now, uh, you and I text and talk more than people know. Uh, he's Scott Korzenowski. Sundays, 8 to 9, KFAN. You told me yesterday something with which I was not familiar. Derek Rose wrote a book. He did. And Michael Rand in the Star Tribune talked about it. And, it, and he basically said two things that were highlighted. One was that Jimmy at the f- infamous now practice, when he says, you know, you effing need me, to, to, you know, when he said it to, to Layden. Layden, to Layden. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they took the scrubs and they beat the starters, which yeah. is all true. I know. But Rose said, Jimmy only scored one bucket. Yeah. And Jimmy came back and said, yeah, I only scored one bucket. I was dishing and I was swatting. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself when he That's said that, if only Jimmy would have played more like that when he was playing with the Wolves. Come on! All he would do was take the hog the ball at Jimmy the end. Jimmy played great! He hogged the ball at the end of games. But, that, but, but the second thing he said was the reason Jimmy left was nothing personal against Tibbs. It was that he says, you're paying Cat, but you're not paying me. Yeah. And you know you're gonna pay Cat the max, and you're only gonna give me one ten. Yeah, I'm out of here. And if I I don't blame I don't blame Jimmy for being upset by that, but but I think Jimmy's now discovering that nobody's giving him the max. I don't think he's gonna get the max out no, there, do you? No. Or, or you'd have to go to some really crappy team to get it. Yeah. So he and he and if he can't see that that at this stage of their careers, Cat is is a is a better player. Yeah. And a younger player than him, but you know all athletes are like that. So. Jimmy getting upset that he wasn't offered the max, that's fine. He went and, he went and sought it out, and he's still not going to get it. So Derek Rose wrote about this in yeah. this book. Yeah, that's what it was highlighted. It hasn't, the book hasn't wow. come out yet, but Michael Rand got some excerpts or somebody yeah. did, and it was out. I, I bet you, now, now there's some negativity to this too. Yeah. And there is some salacious stuff, you know, or some, some unsavory things, uh, some allegations and stuff like that with Derek Rose. Yes. I bet you, I mean, Derek Rose has been through a lot, yeah. all the way back to Memphis. I th- This is a book I would purchase and read. Yeah. And and a lot of it is on doing like that that one case that he was you know he was sued civilly for a, a, an alleged sexual assault that was not prosecuted criminally really and, and I think it got it either I don't I think it, he might have won at a jury trial I don't mm-hmm. remember but there were certainly incidents he walked out on two teams unannounced you know a bit but he really resurrected his career here and I wish him the best I just don't think he should play for the Wolves as we said before last one uh, the long long running Jeopardy champ yes James Holzauer Holzauer James Holzauer. Uh, one on Jeopardy, I believe, 75 consecutive shows. And his streak was halted recently, in fact, earlier this week, correct? It was, I think it, he, he, he'd won on, he won, I think he did not, he won a lot fewer consecutive games than okay. the other guy, but he won yeah, like Ken twice. Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings, but, he, but Holzhauser won like, won like, in about half as many wins, Whoa. won about the same amount of money. Whoa. He was very close to the money record. What was it? Nordo two something two point yeah, three like million two, like two point five and change Whoa. and he was two point four eight or something so, so, like that very close so two things on Holzar I love one somebody tweeted and so I immediately liked Holzar somebody tweeted and said I think he just wanted to spend some time with his daughter who was having a birthday party and Holzhauser a man after my own heart said yeah I'm going to give up a job where I'm making one hundred and forty thousand dollars an hour to go have 
kids throw toys at me. Yeah, right. Now, there's the father I like. Yeah. If you're making 140K, honey, I know it's your seventh birthday party. Yeah. But I'm making $140,000 an hour. Yeah. I'll be there for your eighth. Okay. I like that. Second. Just like the husband, just, just like the husband you like. Honey. Our fifth anniversary is so incredibly special. Why would I want to scoop $9,000 on the Preakness? <laughs> I always love that It's one. a five. Come it's on. not a, a 10 or a 20. Yeah, but anyway. And like I said, if I was playing in the Super Bowl and my wife was and my wife was giving birth, I'd say, honey, have you have your sister there with you. I'm playing in the Super Bowl. Okay, I am. Now, yeah. now back to whole side. But the thing that intrigued me about this, because yeah. I didn't watch any of it, was that he got criticized for betting a very small amount on yeah. Final Jeopardy. Yeah, when you text me this, I because yes. I, I haven't watched Jeopardy. He was odds trained. In he was odds some, trained. He, right. Because he realized... That was like 1300 Yeah, and he realized that if the if the, pers- the, the, the lady to whom he was behind, yeah. if she he knew she was going to bet enough to cover him. So he knew if she got it right, he had no chance. Yeah. So he says, the only chance I have to win is if she gets it wrong. Brilliant. And I know she's going to bet a bunch, so I don't need to bet any to get by her. Brilliant. I'm going to bet enough. I'm going to bet enough that if I also get it wrong, yeah. I'm still ahead of the guy in third if he gets it right. Yeah. So he, he was he made sure to stay ahead of the guy in third. He goes, I was worried about the guy behind me, yeah. not the guy in front of me. Perfect analysis. And people were criticizing him. What he did was perfect. It's just, I just like guys that do perfect stuff like that. That's I found all, that interesting. That's all great. That but- is. Can he tell me if the Twins and Indians are going the over the three and a half in the first five today? I always love that <laughs> Then one. we will call him brilliant. You are now down what, what I always refer to incorrectly as a wormhole. Apparently that is a scientific term. You are you are going down the, the, the rabbit. rabbit hole that I that I can't handle. Have a good show Sunday. All right, thanks. Thanks, uh, everybody. Corzo Covenant, Scott Korzanowski, weekly 9 to noon, Thursdays at 11 o'clock. Final segment, including the show wrap, next. It's PA. Remember one thing, football's entertainment. It's not life or death. There are more important things in life than football. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan. Fan.com. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Because tomorrow might very well be too late. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Because it's the feast. Because tomorrow is could never come. The Friday football feast with Birchie. I know it could end any minute. Florio dead tomorrow. Uh, Florio originally scheduled for tomorrow. Oh no! As a um, as a trip that he forgot about. So uh, Florio back to Tuesdays beginning next week. Uh, no Nordo on Tuesday next week. He is heading overseas with his wife. Uh, but um, you, um, I think you're going to miss a um, a uh, TCO Performance Center Wednesday. Yep, that big, sucks. Big deal. With all due respect to all involved, I'd rather be where you're going uh, because it's unique and it's fun. And it also will take up a segment at least um, on, on Monday uh, trying to craft the who, what, where, when, and why of where you're going. Indeed. Listening to the... Um, to the liners, the musical selection, you know, and some of the some of the things today, including the Boomtown Rats montage. It's, you know, it's clear that you've been in vacation mode for three days. <laughs> face change? <laughs> that change your face? That's a face change. That's face yeah. change. Good. Now you do a great job. I'm not. Re- I just want to say I'm not responsible for the. You're listening to the common man yeah. liners ak, coming ak, back ak, from break. Akakadak. Those are those are auto generated. Yeah. And uh, our best nerds are working on the situation now. Uh, what was your number this morning? Uh, number of what? 
shirts and pullovers you went through before you could settle on one that fit properly because oh, mine was a week high three. Whoa. Oh, I made a I, I made an awful, awful mistake last night. And it it didn't bite me this morning, but it'll bite me next week. Um is I started laundry. Must have been nine fifteen or yeah. or, or eight forty five. Washing machine takes forty five minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Dryer. I'm usually between thirty and forty for most stuff. Um, but um, what I do is is I wash everything on cold. Okay, yeah. except for like or except for like you know bedding and 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 stuff. I don't care stuff that I don't care if it shrinks or whatever. Miscellaneous rags or towels Boom. or something. Yeah, I wash everything on cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the long play, the 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 pro tip, the sneaky play, yeah. is I will dry everything, cottons and everything, for between four and seven minutes. Stop dryer, pull out shirts, cottons, jeans, yeah, you know things I don't want shrink, shrink in the quarter yeah. ton covenant, right? And then I will hang them so they can air dry. All right, well I forgot the biatch was in the was in the dryer last night. <laughs> So this morning, you know, before I go on my flower watering daily regimen, um, I fill the water buckets and pails in the laundry room. Yeah. And I looked, and I'm like, no. So I just may have eliminated three shirts from my closet, quite <laughs> honestly, unless unless we go counterculture antithetical and we actually are considering losing weight. But, you know, the what's your number, that, that question is, a daily question for Nordo and I. Yeah. Because in separate closets, we will put on a shirt or a pullover in the quarter ton covenant. Yes. And it will be tight. And it's uncomfortable. And it's it's not like we can't like I tried to dust off I don't want to wear the same clothes every day. But then again, I don't I'm I'm not focused on the exterior of me clothing wise. Yeah. As much as this is really deep and philosophical. I'm listening. As much as we concern ourselves with the inner workings of us. Correct. And what's in our hearts. Exactly. Okay. We operate on substance, not necessarily presentation. Thank you. So um, so with that said, tried a um tried a fanball shirt that had like like this material, this this rayon or whatever. Yeah, the poly cotton blend bit. Yeah, whatever. The golf like, type shirt. I'll yeah. be cool with this. Yeah. Wasn't cool. No. Didn't like how it didn't like how it fit. Uh, it has nothing to do with fanball, it has to do with my physique. Yep. Uh so I'm like, all right, you know what? Here's a black Vikings long sleeve shirt that I love, but I only wear it under shirts in the winter because it doesn't have print up top. Yeah, and I don't like that disheveled look. You can unzip the quarter zip, yeah. and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the dishe- the perceived disheveled look of print, crying out if that's one way to put it, sure. screaming out at me as the quarter zip yeah. is down. I think it's sloppy. Just begging to be. Yeah, yeah. so I put that covered. Th- put that thing on. The- this was a new one. Didn't fit. Didn't didn't feel comfortable in the sides. <laughs> Normally, it's the front. <laughs> Your sides are starting to get supple. My sides might be, yeah, I might have to start poking my own sides. This is where the poker becomes the poked. So my number was two. So then I went to the go-to NFLPA red Nike shirt that I wear eight times a week. Uh, went to the go-to. Feel great in it. Don't look fat. Feel good about myself. What about you? Yeah, well, I make the mistake of, for instance, I haven't lost any weight in the last week. 
So last week when I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to wear this Timberwolves polo shirt with the T-Wolves logo on it. Oh, that's a nice one. Except if you walked up to me and you wanted to give me a high five. Yeah. And I and I conceded and we we joined hand to hand. Skin And I show. raised my arm. Suddenly, yeah. belly is visible. Yeah. So last week it didn't fit. Well, why not give it a try again this week, Eric? So I put it on. Yeah. Again, that's, that's the one you and I really aggressively stretched yes. in the studio last week to try to get it to be not so tight. Yeah, I asked Jeff Manis actually to hop in my car, <laughs> and I attached it to the back of the car <laughs> to see if idling we could stretch it out enough. Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. Um, cross my fingers, maybe this new week, new life. Yeah. No, still yeah. uncomfortable in it. So I settled for this T-shirt. Minneapolis City SC. Minneapolis City SC. I'm rocking that today. Yeah. And uh, you know what? It's a little unflattering in a couple areas. But then what I did, despite the fact it's going to be 85 degrees today, yeah. brought the zip-up sweatshirt in. So that made me feel, I guess, somewhat uh, yeah. you know, covering my self-loathing and my, my bad self-image. Yeah. Uh, but now when I go outside and it's 80 degrees, I'm going to have to flaunt this thing, and it's just well, it's disgusting. And in working at Canterbury this evening, a place I consider home and I genuinely love. Yeah. Uh, there's one problem with being in the winter circle. There is a scale for the riders, <laughs> and I will jump on that scale. When I jumped on that scale last week, it was 237. My Ooh. all-time high is 239, yeah. which was a month and a half ago. Got that sucker down to 231. Mexican Jello in play. Yeah. Um, strawberry shortcake on a stick in Boat play. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was 237 last week when I jumped on that scale. I'm gonna jump on that scale tonight. We'll see which way it's gone. Man, managing the mood swings just took on a whole new bit. You're two seven zero. I might be two four zero. That is now well over the quarter ton covenant. Ooh. Hopefully, we feel better about ourselves tomorrow for the Friday football feast. Thanks for listening, Nordo Rap Show. <laughs> Thanks to the Paddy Wagon sponsoring the ninety noon show. Raps Paddy Wagon sixty first at Nicollet. DA's mannerisms are compulsive and systematic. Corzo's big opinions typically emphatic. Managing the mood swings, they're always erratic. Thank God we're in FM, you can skip the static. The twins wanted Kimberly's off to the Cubs. That's the way she goes, boys, as Ray said to Bubs. Trailer Park Boys on a three-check month, and we're stoked to spend it all on snacks, brown bag, liquor, and smokes. The sides PA pokes resonate with a jiggle. The line short at Portillo's, I celebrate with a wiggle. I want to make more bread. Abbott, please add some yeast. Charging his gimp mask in tomorrow for the feast. Wow, what a terrible football team. He's got a great football mind. To noon. Keeping your head above water. Doctor, I don't know. Yeah, but. Temporary layoffs. Nine to noon. Easy credit and surviving. Personal file. Clipping. If it's good news or money, leave a message. Podcast today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.com.